Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, September 16th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of a, mm, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say five part space, a CFI space, a chippy space, Friday in the cosmos. Ask Addy strange questions. Let's take a listen. Whatever the community wants to try, it's up, you know, it's up to them. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it's whatever, whatever thinks, whatever you guys think like is going to have the best like meme effect, the greatest virality, the greatest impact on, you know, new friends coming and playing on the thing. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's, it, it, it is what it is, but like, it's, uh, you just have to understand how like the mechanics of the whole thing work. Okay. But, uh, yeah. L- last question I wanted to ask you. Um, my thoughts were uh, when all this happens, the burn starts, uh, you know, all these uh, apps start coming in and utility in, in the ch- chain and everything. Have we thought as a community to actually put uh, money aside or, or ta- tack a very small amount to the staking to actually start building a fund to maintain the development, such as paying the rebels, paying yeah, administration, yeah. That's a good question. paying that sort of thing? Because, I mean, that's, my thought to for something to build, you have to put an organization, a structure like a business. Right. Like, yeah, that's that's true. Um, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I, and I don't think uh, people have thought things out that far. Like, you know, the next year, year and a half, all those things definitely have to be considered. Um, so, yeah, there's there's all sorts of like um, uh, sort of like. So <laughs> the reason why the Luna Classic is super speculative is because there's a lot of what ifs. A lot of things have to happen, and uh, they have to happen really, really well. Hey, and hey! If there's going to be fud, right? then I'm getting out of here. No more fud. <laughs> no, I said like uh, what he's saying is is that like uh, what do you think, uh, Bruce? What do you think has to happen like maybe a year or two from now as far as like a community pool or something like that? I don't know. I think the main problem is that you're fudding, Sefi. I think that's the main thing on our way. And if we can remove that obstacle, if we can maybe remove you from Twitter, if we can mass report Sefi, go to his profile, click report, and on the drop-down menu beyond like hateful conduct and beyond spamming, there's a little uh, third tier and it says fudder. And click that, then process the report. And if we can get rid of him, because he's a big character, he's got like 70,000 followers, if we can all get rid of Sefi, then I think nothing stands in our way. Yeah, I can, I can, I can uh, agree with that. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, so Furhat, Furhat, Ipek, I guess. But what's up? You got some sort of question. You have your hand up and all. What's going on with you? İyi akşamlar. Ben uh, Türkiye'liyim ama dilim anlıyor musunuz bilmiyorum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really yes. know what that means. Why do why don't you? I thought you said. Türkiye. Yes. 
we need the Jay Hun guy in here. He would be a good translator. Yeah, really. Uh, or yeah, oh. I'm confused. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. No. Maybe. I'm not sure what mm. the answer to your question is. Any Turkish English speakers, please request to speak. So you can translate. English now. I think we need Coach Bruce number two in here. I think Coach Bruce number two could help a whole lot, you know? Okay, well, that, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, Ukraine, go ahead. Hi, guys. How you doing? I just want to say, uh, why you always do this space when I'm drunk? Because uh, what you guys doing is just the best thing for fun. That was but the, the first pro- thing. But the problem is, is, like, you're always drunk. That's the only thing. Like, every time we talk to you, you're talking about opening the yeah. door. You're talking about like some other shit, right? Like your wife was laughing because she said that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. So yeah, just just like you're acting like uh, you know, there's like this window of opportunity where maybe we we discover when you're not drunk and then maybe hold a space, right? It's a weird. Like I don't know how we're gonna solve this problem. You're gonna you're gonna have like a calendar or some shit, maybe like a little calendar. We can check if you're drunk or not. Please, please do that because when I'm working, I'm not drunk, and when I finish work, I'm drunk. Have you considered not drinking alcohol for like maybe a week or so? Why? Why would you consider not drinking? Please. Why would you consider not drinking? What's because life without drinking? And there's better drugs out there, you know? Like you could do cocaine. You could do no, math. Oh, wait, wait, my life. My wife, Farina, no cocaine. Stop. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, tell your wife to get you to quit drinking. Jesus Christ. Like, always on here with the alcohol. Go to a coffee oh shop there, get some shrooms. Yeah, alcohol Do some heroin. Heroin is definitely much better. Oh, see, we have, we have another person who agrees. Yep. I think JK, that's um, you, you you shooting yourself up with heroin periodically. I mean, don't we all? Me and JK do it together. We actually no, share. No, we don't shoot up heroin. What the hell's wrong with you? Stop that shit. Okay. What are you guys talking about? I've come this is here a family to channel. About lunk. I've come here to speak about Lunk and the cosmos, and you guys are talking this weird shit again, like weird drug talk and sexual topics and all kinds of shit. I, I don't get it. Like, what's what's, what's your agenda here? Like, what's your what's your overall Ooh, point? I have a secret motive you that you'll never figure out. That's what it is. Hey, Bruce, can I ask you something? Yeah, anything, man. Okay, you know, uh, the first time I went to on Twitter, actually, and MySpace, because I never do this shit, you were talking about um, having a bar, and a bar cannot be a bar if you don't have a woman in there. This is the first time I hear somebody on the internet really know what it's like, because you can't have a bar without women with it if you don't know it. And so respect for you, because you know the game. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I used to manage a nightclub in London. So so I realized these things. It's intuitively obvious. And and also cryptocurrencies. Um cryptocurrencies will surge and they'll reach their limits. Uh two of you have got like interference. Can you mute yourselves? Um cryptocurrencies will surge and they'll reach their limits. And the reason they reach their limits is because the the like there are no females there at all. Like, um, I think a lot of cryptocurrencies like Cardano and whatever else, XRP and Ethereum 
and these other things, they're like stalled out perpetually. They haven't grown for years and years. Um, and the reason is that there are no, there's no like, there's no way they're attracting new pussy, new females. And females are the key to get guys through the door. It's like a intuitively obvious thing. Why do you think Addy is up here? Um, why do you think Crypto Pancake and the other girls in this chat are here? It's because I realize intuitively that the key to get Lunk to grow and it has grown so far. Holy shit, we have the Cylons attacking. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a weird sound. I would, like, do that again. Uh, no, I just removed him. I don't, want, I don't want this kind of thing. I prefer if somebody speaks and then does the sound effects like after, but it's, it's always just like these weird, I don't know, they just do it initially and then they disappear. It's like, I don't know. It's not very attractive. Um, but yeah, the, the key to make lung grow and the reason it's grown so far is because we have the highest percentage of females, of young, fertile females of any cryptocurrency. And that's the key. It's the same in a nightclub. Nightclubs, they work, right? So a nightclub, uh, the operation overall, you want to make as much profit as possible and you need people to buy as many drinks as possible and want to be in the clubs. So how do you do that? Easy. You get uh, as many hot females into the club as possible because guys come there to get laid. And to get laid, they have to overcome their own inhibitions and find females. And the way they do that is they buy loads of fucking drinks, right? And they stay in the club a long time, maybe to the end until like the, the horrible fucking like ratty, um, witchy women are left. And then they choose one of them, take them home and get laid, hopefully. That's the goal. So you get women. Yeah, you, Bruce, you, you've probably heard about the population crisis in like the Western world, like yep. in, in the UK, the, the, the United States and many other countries. What's happening is, is like, A, people aren't, um, you know, fucking enough. B, people aren't having any kids. So guess what? Like, the entire world goes to shit, right? Like, it's a real problem. Like, go look it up on the internet. You'll see what I'm talking mm. about. It's legit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, it's like you can't have this sort of thing where, like, businesses or whatever, like, let's say, for example, you have a gym, right? Uh, you've got to have a place where it's not just a women's gym because that's kind of, like, just stupid. You need one that, like, has – that's going to attract women, but it's going to attack, attract the right type of guys, too. And then, like, you know, you, you have to, like, design it in such a way that this happens. Otherwise, you wind up with, like, this barren, you know, like, uh, a landscape where, you know, you have, like, either, like, uh, you know, a bunch of, like, um, unattractive women or basically a bunch of, like, you know, autistic, like, uh, guys or some bullshit. And so, yeah, it's hard to get that right balance. But uh, I think the people of Lunkdow are trying to work on that. Yeah, it's what we've done. It's why we've succeeded. The, the more fertile females, the better. That's our overall goal. It's also why, like, I don't know, it's, it's why I tell people to go away. Like, if people aren't interested in humor or sexual talk and stuff like that, I tell them to fuck off. I tell them, like, unstake from us, leave the Dow, unfollow us, get the fuck out of here. Because I realize the kind of guy who would get angry at humor and sexual talk is also the kind of guy that would frighten women away. Like, if, if a guy like that was around Addy, she would fucking run for the mountains. Like, she'd get the fuck out of there. Like, it, we don't need those kind of people because they'll kill Lunk. The more, the more of those serious guys, like analytical guys, who frighten pussy away, the, the worse for Lunk. Like, if you're friends with any of those guys, like, tell them to not invest. Tell them to unstake. Tell them to get out of here. It's just a nightmare. We need funny people, sexual people, flirt people. Um, they are the key to get more women here. And the more women who are here, the more male money will bring in. Hey, Bruce, I just got to say, where the fuck are you? I need you as a friend in real life. You know, like Twitter, uh, like Last Space, we could be anybody on Twitter. 
in real life, I'm not like that. I'm just a fun person. Bruce, you're killing it. Thank you. Thanks, man. I'm not I'm not homosexual, but I'm like open to trying things. No, if wait, I, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. We're not gonna touch each other's butt. We're just gonna stand there and just have some fun. Not more with the young twenty-four-old women. Okay, my wife's coming. All right. Yeah, we can do like a, a, a double team spit roast. Maybe you can take the anus and I'll take the vagina. Something like that. Penis is rubbing. Uh, don't worry about it. When I got the anal part, no problem. Hamza, uh, any comments, concerns, uh, maybe some suggestions for the, the lunk down? Hamza, are you there? Isn't Hamza one of the like ninjas and like Shinobi yeah. shit or, or some video game? Pretty I sure. Clar- I want to clarify to Hamza that I'm a Muslim. So. Um, this is a Muslim space, and he can feel open if he's if he's a Muslim. Sometimes I I go against the Quran, but I'm like trying to improve, and I think we're all imperfect as humans. And you know the things I say are kind of compulsive sometimes, but I'm trying my best to, you know, to to correct myself and follow the path of light and love. It, it's a hard path sometimes, really. I, I there are a lot of there are a lot of like uh, pros and cons to this path, and I think um, sometimes the cons outweigh the pros. But what are you going to do, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Pancake, hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm excited that you're actually a real girl or a real human, actually, quite frankly. For the longest time, I thought uh, Crypto Pancake was like some sort of like a uh, robot or maybe like, you know, maybe like a sock puck bit of Addies or something like that, right? So I'm really impressed. Well, you missed, you missed me on so many spaces. Um, I've gone into great detail about a lot of stuff ranging from like, I don't know, like the dilation of my vaginal canal to other things. So you've really missed a lot. So I'm glad that you're kind of up to speed now. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go through like recordings and archives and maybe like get an anthropology degree or some shit to yep. figure all this out. Yep. Going to have to get to know me. So Yeah. But, but look, listen, look, look what um, Crypto Pancake just said. She's like fully comfortable and fully open. She feels this is a safe space to talk about her vaginal canal. Like, look what I've achieved here. To get women in a state of being where they're perfectly comfortable talking about these things, this is what we want because this attracts all the men. Um, The more women we have up here talking about these things, literally, the more men we'll have here and the higher lump lump will pump. We'll get to $1 by the end of the year easy if we get, say, uh, 80% women in here and 20% guys. Yeah, a good target might be like 80% of all the women on the planet, right? Or or at least... um the the ones with nice pretty voices like Addy or like uh pancake you know that would be nice right although we have some friends that have really really rough voices too like we had a friend that had laryngeal cancer unfortunately and she had a really rough voice but we um but we appreciate that right she tried which is really uh sexy as well yeah you mean in these spaces i didn't i didn't hear that person yeah i remember vargas she was here and she kind of had like a rough voice she's like yeah i can't speak real clearly because i have this cancer uh-huh. throat Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I thought that was a, a guy, but yeah, was it was it, uh, is it a woman then? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Know. She just had she just had a mess with her larynx, right? So her voice. Ah, uh, yeah. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. But yeah, I didn't realize. Okay, so Hamza's like kind of lurking, or maybe uh, has questions for Crypto Pancake. Yeah, uh, Hamza, I'm I'm Muslim too, so it's you can totally feel safe here. You can speak amongst us. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh. Oh, wait, Luna Classic is coming back. Let's see what, uh, if we have some new sort of like audience excitement happening here. Classic, what's going on? I just got a phone call. I missed the last uh, few seconds. 
Oh, nothing. We're just getting Luna Classic on, who's kind of come to hang out. Do you have some questions or comments or some fun shit to talk about? Maybe not. Can we try and get like Coach Bruce number two on here? I really enjoyed that. And I... so, so Pancake, uh, like, so what kind of like things do you like to troll on the internet? Like, do you, do you like like to make fun of certain things on like Twitter? Like, what do you think is some like maybe funny shit you like to make fun of? Um, I don't know about making fun of anything, but I really like to go into great detail about what I look for in a woman. So, okay. uh, would you like to put my wife on? She's a woman. Yeah, yeah. Let's get your wife. Paulina, the wife. Is she single? Well, you can... uh, no, it's his wife. Hey, Sophie, no. Sophie, no. Let, let Pancake investigate. Oh, just because just she's his wife, I mean, it doesn't mean she's not single. That could mean anything. So, <laughs> I'm his wife. Are you available? You have such a pretty voice. <laughs> no, I'm still a wife. Well, if that ever changes, you you see my handle on here, so you can always reach out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He handed her the phone and ran away. So now she's like, wait, what do I do? Uh, Pancake, what would you suggest? Uh, maybe like some questions that you might ask uh, of a, a theoretical um, uh, partner. Um, I want to know how tall they are, what they eat for breakfast, what kind of toothpaste they use. I don't know, like really basic stuff like that. Like, what kind of toothpaste would turn you off at this point? Most, honestly. Um, if they're not, like, using something, like, natural made out of, like, clay or something, I'm just really not interested. Wow, it's very specific. Like, where do you find this clay toothpaste? It's more about finding the woman that uses it. Like a charcoal toothpaste? Eh, charcoal, clay, you know, just really anything like that just feels good on the teeth and the gums. Pancake, what about the toothbrush? If they like have a manual, what if they have like an Oral B Pro? Is that like uh, any any red flags? For me, it'd be like if they have a manual toothbrush and you know they got like some dirty fucking gums and they probably don't like brush their tongue either. Like, you know what is it? Big turn off is the gawkers. You know, it's cool to have a toothbrush and toothpaste, but the people that stick their damn toothbrush all the way down their throat, like, creeping the hell out. Why would that creep you out, though? There's so much, like, bacteria in our oral microbiome. That's, like, the best way to handle it, so. So, so I'm, um, I'm a truck driver, right? And a lot of times at these truck stops, people will brush their teeth in the bathroom, and it's just, like, when they're fucking gagging on a damn toothbrush... Oh, sometimes you need to fucking clean that uvula. That little thing gets kind of dirty, you know. You gotta give it a little brush. Take a little. I got a question for you, JK. What's up? What's the? Have you ever seen anything really weird happen at a truck stop? Like uh, I don't know, weird people having sex or drugs or shit, or like some weird thing happening. Um, to be completely honest, I'm on my third year. I haven't had that much weird shit that I've seen. Um. You get a lot lizard every now and then, but most of them on the internet nowadays. So, I mean, they're not walking around truck stops anymore. Like, they would be probably in, like, the 90s and some shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Have you ever, ever seen like anything weird driving a truck at night? Like weird creatures, like chupacabras and stuff? No, I'll tell you what. So I seen some shit fall out the sky one time that I thought was kind of creepy, like a fucking alien or some shit. One time um, I was on my way to Florida, um, coming from Georgia, and I just happened to be looking up in the air and some shit was like falling out the sky like a meteor or some shit. Huh. But my life is pretty boring. By the way, how's everyone's day going? Hey, I want to get back to that toothpaste question. So this has been a this has been an ongoing <laughs> uh, discrepancy in uh, my current relationship. So you guys go wet the bristles, then apply the toothpaste. Do you then wet the toothpaste again before you put it on your teeth? Well, uh, my my parents used to get really angry at me because I would dip it in the toilet water because I thought it added like a bit of flavor to the toothbrush and also improved my mouth, like sort of microbiome. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone else does that. No, no. Oh, I, mean, I, I have a similar principle of like never... Yeah, top top um, tank or... Never clean... Never, top or bottom tank? Are we having the issue where you can't hear someone or what? Well, so the, so what you would normally like, so you probably don't want to wet the toothpaste before you, the brush before you put toothpaste on it, because that allows like capillary movement of sort of like bacteria and whatnot into the toothpaste. So like, for example, if you share toothpaste with people, like we know that like people, you know, spread like little viruses and colds and things like that, right? So it's, it means that like, you're actually putting stuff back in the tube. You don't want to do that shit. So I would say like uh, dry brush and then wet the whole thing just to kind of like, you know, make it feel nice. Now, don't we want more bacteria? What we see, don't we want to be build up our bacteria? Res- not in the tube. Not in the tube, though. Oh, no, not in the, in the tube. Yeah. Tube. yeah. Uh, Asparagus. What were you going to say? I don't know. I I feel more reluctant to talk now because I don't know. It, it talked over me. That was rude. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit rude to be honest. I guess some people they just have different upbringings and. You know, that's how it goes. They don't really understand social etiquette. Yeah. Um, it's like he maybe you know, as as like a British man, isn't think I'm an alpha male or something. It's like he's used to. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, he thinks you're like a little guy. He thinks you're like a little like goblin, or no, just someone that you like a. You know how on Mario you just step on like goombas or whatever. Yeah. Like he's doing that too every time he speaks over you. Yeah, he thinks I'm like kind of half half the size of a normal human male, like a little um I don't know, like a little elf or or something butler being who like comes and offers orange juice. Sir, do you want some orange juice? Like something like that. Do you know what I mean? He's like I'm a servant being of some kind. I think that's why he did it. It's I don't know. It's feel I feel like I'm kind of stifled and shutting down and reluctant to talk for the remainder of this space. Coach, I, I don't like- think he realizes that you're uh, your top G, and I'm, I'm very sorry for that. Uh, Saki, you should have more respect for a person of Coach's caliber. Wait, Bruce, uh, is this because I uh, maybe like talked about the way you use your toothpaste and you didn't like it, or um, are you planning no, it wasn't you. your toothpaste habit? It wasn't you, Steffi. It was, it was Dodge Shackley. Oh, Dodge. Yeah, he's oh. a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't always hear. I didn't, I didn't mean to jump over you. It's like, I'm not the only one that can listen to Zara and Bruce talk for hours about nothing. Yeah, Dodge Shackley, do you promise it will never happen again? Can't make any promises. I'll do my best, though. Wow. Why can't you make promises is the real question here, my friend. Well, I didn't do it on purpose in the first place, so I guess I could find myself in that same situation and uh, speak when I thought it was my turn, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we were on a space yesterday and there was a guy talking about sun gazing and how it sort of improves your mental awareness and acuity of things. And 
I can't help but notice you're wearing sunglasses in your profile picture. So perhaps if you did some sun gazing, took them off, you could get more UVB on your skin as well, make some more vitamin D, make all your sort of, uh, get your hormonal system going really well. And then- you Well, there's out. other areas that are beneficial for sun exposure, not just the face. So maybe he's- Actually, areas. I think some of us have too much of a retina, right? Like we have to burn some of it off with the sun. And if we like maybe prune, maybe like, maybe 10 or 20 percent of our retina it might mm. be good for us yeah that's that's actually one reason people have brown eyes like a like around two-thirds of people with brown eyes actually have blue eyes but the brown is like a toxic infection um that forms a layer of film over the original brown eyes underneath um oh, sorry over the original blue eyes underneath so by by gazing at the sun and tilting your head up at about 30 degrees like almost like imagine if you look if you look at someone with an air of like smugness and pride you raise your t you raise your chin up right like you look down at them kind of in a snooty way you do that when you're staring at the sun and um around 10 minutes a day not directly at the sun but but off to the side a little bit um you can do that for 10 minutes a day and eventually if you have brown eyes the the the brown cruddy film will will basically melt it will evaporate it will eradicate um over your your eyes and then what will be left is beautiful like blue luminous eyes that can attract members of the opposite sex i do that while driving a lot so i can definitely second that statement i have yeah. one brown eye one blue eye so uh, jk uh so what he does is he's driving like a truck right he's he has a job where he drives around like the country and he's maybe delivering things or whatever right so it's really important meow meow like whatever you say you have to make sure he stays awake because otherwise he's going to crash and die and like kill you know tens of hundreds of people or whatever right it's a big truck yep. um yeah so be sure we we need to keep uh be, be sure to keep jk entertained so we don't have some kind of calamity that we read about in the evening news no, it's an actual true statement. I go through an era of uh, slight depression when I don't see uh, Sefi and Bruce um, on its faces. And then when Zara comes in, like my whole fucking day just like lights up. So when I hear Zara and Bruce's comment uh, back and forth with each other, it's just, it just makes my day and keeps me awake for hours and hours. Zara, did you, did you think you would have like a super fan here? She definitely has a super fan. Um... Uh, no, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Of course. Zara, do you have any merch you can sell? Maybe like a pair of gloves with your face on it? Yeah, yeah. So I've been making these gloves for a while. toothbrush. Well, yeah. I mean, I make toothbrushes out of like sticks that I find in the woods, but sometimes if I don't have time to go out into the forest or it's bad weather, I just walk down the street and I just kind of like craft out of anything I find. So during, you know, it. the coronavirus pandemic, there was a lot of masks on the floor. So I sort of melted all these used face masks, trod them with mud in my bathtub um, and made this big blue soup with titanium dioxide in it because those are in the face masks as well, which are really good for your lungs, by the way, and um, your mouth. So, yeah, I just melt it all up and then I make it in toothpaste molds. And yeah, so business is going good, though. I'm a billionaire. Oh my god, tell me more. Hey everyone, those who were nitpicking toothbrushing and they were talking about different detailed steps and how you brush your teeth, I wonder how picky you are about, uh, say, food and, and what you eat. I bet no one no one who's so picky about toothbrushing eats, a, eats burritos or Taco Bell or something like that. 
I, I think most of us eat pretty shitty. I don't know. Like the tooth part, like your teeth are very important, but like what you put in your body, I think most of us think it's like just a free for all. I, I think uh, maybe uh, Bruce may have some comments about this because he has a very specific like dietary like uh, system that he uses, right? He has this like sheet, a PDF that he maintains that has an entire record of like what he's going to do the next day. No, man, I just, it's not like... You know, a, I got excited when I heard the discussion about toothbrushing. I, I, I thought I found the perfect humans. <laughs> like, turned on excited, or just, like, happy to be part of the conversation excited? Everything. No, I, all I, of it. I mean, all if, of if the I had my... Yeah, but because, option, like, who thinks yeah. about it? I, I I rub I like I scrub my teeth with the tree branch while it's on, still on a tree before I cut it. So I, I don't know. Is is it some kind of uh, conversational? Do you use uh, like a uh, like know, a entertainment? or a suwak? Is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah, we can uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah. You got you got a floss, but here's the thing: people who used the miswak uh, back in the day, they didn't have the kind of they didn't have the soft foods we have today, and they didn't eat so much uh, like so much grain. So they didn't have the problems that we're having with our teeth and like the texture and uh, chemistic structure of the food that we have today. It gets between the teeth; it gets kind of hard to get out of. That's why you you need to floss. Now, one solution mm-hmm. I found this is to switch to carnivore diet. Come on, give it a rest. Hey, I did that too. Hey, what is it with the Bitcoin and, and like, I guess, I want to say the Luna success people that seem to breed fitness, enthusiasm, and longevity? The David Sinclair stuff? Did anybody else get in that rabbit hole? I went carnivore. Uh, what is Do it you like? really believe that eating a carnivore diet with no or like little to no sugars or whatever is really going to lead to longevity? How many sen- sanitarians that only ate meat do you know? Like how many? Zero. Well, not necessarily longevity, but um, I can mm, guarantee yeah, it's not longevity. Depends it's on the background. There is the bioenergetic. There is the bioenergetic view of this. There is, uh, you know, there are, there are two uh, young gentlemen who do a great job detailing the physiology of this. They have a podcast. They're doing the 88th episode now. Jeff Feldman and uh, Mike Fave. Uh, they they both have training in medicine, um, but they deviated from the allopathic medicine. They really understand what's going on now. I, I went the no sugar route for two years. It didn't, it didn't go well with me, possibly because of my genetic background. I know a lot of people who are of European descent, particularly of North European descent, they do great with it. I find it, I, I don't know. I, I, they say their labs look good. I don't think they look good because their hormones are kind of messed up. Uh, the, uh, so I, I, I, after two years, uh, for the past year and a half, I ended up adding uh, fruit juices and ripe fruit to... Uh, I like french to, fries. Uh, so like no processed sugars or like no fruits, nothing? Like no fruit, no nothing? It's definitely the case that different... Uh, different re- ripe fruit? Why am I not being respected? Hey, Jabba, can you not hear him? Ripe can fruit, you not hear the guy that you juice, talking over? Honey. I'm not Excuse talking me. over anyone. You keep talking over Mr. Lunk Dow? I didn't say a thing. My mic was muted. No, it's Mo. It's not that's Mo. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. My space was mash- mashing up. <laughs> that's like fine. A, that's fine. Give me a like, subservient little 
creature these days. I don't know what's going on. I'm so, I, like, my- I don't know how you, you know, like confuse my voice with someone else's. I mean, like it's just. It's because on my screen, like the space, like it just says random people are talking who aren't. And to be honest, everyone who's not like uh, really regular on this space, uh, all the voices kind of blend together. I mean, yeah. I'd like to consider myself a regular, but um, okay. Why I'm gonna... talking over me? Is it, is it like I'm, do I sound low testosterone or something today? Is it, I don't know. Is it like, I masturbated like 10 times yesterday. Is that something to do with it? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it definitely has something to do with it. Yeah, I think you're just Not very good for you. Why are you laughing at him when he was being vulnerable with us? Um, because I'm allowed to. Well, it probably means he's not going to share as much with us going forward, so I need you to think about that. This is a safe space. We don't okay, okay, each other. Please don't, please don't try to hurt my feelings. Okay, I'm very fragile. I don't appreciate this. Yeah, but with with diet and nutrition and stuff, I've certainly seen that depending on your your background, where you are, like like racially, where you were born, your genetics, and also what you, you what you were raised on, like the diet of your childhood seems to matter a lot. For instance, um, I switched to, to vegetarian, and after about a year, I started really going downhill. And despite all of the tests and stuff, um, this was quite a while ago, like, like I don't know, seven years ago now. Um, after all of the tests and stuff and, and supplementing B12 and iron and all these things, it still was no good at all. Um, I felt genuinely really awful. Um, until I ended up switching back to like a kind of a paleolithic diet. Um, but I've, uh, at the same time, I've seen many people who were raised on a vegetarian diet do really well. And I've also seen certain groups, like I think Indians do really well on a vegetarian diet on average. Um, I've, I've seen them like thrive and do like amazingly well. Um, I've also seen a lot of women do quite well on vegetarian diets, providing that they started their lives with it. Um, usually the ones who transition later do worse and, and the ones who have been like vegetarian since a young child, like I had a girlfriend and she was like, she told me like when she was age three, she was like, why do we eat animals? And parents were like, well, you know, they're, they're tasty sometimes that she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then she just never ate animals again. Like the stubborn little like three-year-old, um, which was cool. But like she, she thrived on it. Like she genuinely did really well on it. So that was interesting. Um, and yeah, like a lot of studies these days have shown that the, like the uptake of nutrient stuff is just very different for different people. There's another piece of the puzzle too that, like, uh, if you want to really get like into the nuances of this sort of thing, uh, like there is this kind of uh, value proposition of what we consider like body purity. Like, there's a significant portion of the population phenotypically that they feel like they have to have a specific defined thing that they put in their body that they consider pure and other things that they consider unpure. And it's almost like a religion. So those types of people will have a tendency to sort of like latch on to stupid ass, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, like trends. And they read up all sorts of nuances of every little thing. And like these things have very limited, uh, many of these things have very limited definitive uh, like outcome mm-hmm. differences, but they, they think of it more like um, like a, almost like a religion really in the sense that like there's no sometimes objective reason why let's say an organic thing is better than an inorganic uh, kind of concept. Like, yeah, when yeah. You think of that. Yeah. But they do it anyway. Yeah. I think as well with, with diets, uh, like nutrition and diets, it's, it's one of the easiest things to bullshit yourself about. If you have any level of beliefs, like for instance, taking the vegetarian thing, 
it's it's easy to believe that that vegetarian is better because it's compassionate to animals you're not killing anything you know maybe you have some kind of more spiritual belief um beyond just like not harming animals that it's good karmically or something um and then maybe you can look at long term studies and stuff which are often have a lot of stuff going on in them um where the data is not quite clear that shows like vegetarians have you know lower instances of heart attacks and so on um but but all of that stuff all of that that that scientific stuff and belief based stuff and maybe compassion based stuff can really obscure and and obfuscate how you actually feel on the diet which is most important um i've noticed like and and there's another phenomena here which is like the the n equals 1 phenomena right so let's say the average person eats like a regular american diet of bullshit of junk food and stuff and then they switch to vegetarian diet so they might feel good for like the first year or two but like how much of that that that feeling good is the removal of the bullshit like the really bad meat and stuff and the the the processed stuff and the vegetable oils and whatever else like how much is that and also how different is the short term effect versus the long term effect like clearly there's a different thing so i've seen people get in these like rabbit holes which is like they start a new diet and they thrive initially partly due to the removal of the really bad stuff and then down the line maybe maybe 6 months maybe a year or two they start to do very badly and then at that point they they like search for other solutions um maybe nutrition maybe like supplements or different health protocols and things they tend to look outside of the diet itself and it's it's i i think in most cases it's like a phenomena of the the kind of the creep effect of diets where it has a, a damaging effect long term like restriction has a damaging effect long term but not in the short term um so it's interesting it's like quite a hard thing to handle all the belief systems and all the n equals 1 and stuff um i think it's it's like incredibly easy to bullshit yourself i remember when i was a vegetarian i started it primarily because um i didn't want to harm animals like i'd spent time with with cows and and like animals and stuff in india and i was like fuck these are just like dogs like what am i doing so i just stopped eating it um and then when i eventually went back to meat it was like incredibly hard for me to do and and in in a big sense it was like the challenge of my belief systems like that that identity of being a person who wanted to be super compassionate and not help not like hurt any animal ever um was the was like the restriction of me realizing hey this is actually how i feel and how i feel isn't too good so it's like an interesting maze as well it's very hard to see yourself i think a lot of people are in that too i think you were hinting at it as well sefi yeah and like it's it, yeah separating the kind of like the what is your innate sort of like value system bias based on just like what genes genetics you have and what not um is tricky the other thing that's really tricky is like um a lot of what tastes good to us right is genetically mediated like maybe why someone might never like acclimate to beer for example or why someone might never acclimate to chocolate or some other thing that other people really like um this like not it's not everything is an acquired taste for everybody in a sense like they could try forever and not actually acquire taste for certain things so yeah. like there's all these other interesting like elements as far as like discovering yourself so mm -hmm. i th what i find is like no matter what you're going to do like let's say you're going to lose weight right like you're going to try to um maybe increase some protein content reduce your carbs and sugar some maybe decrease your portion size pretty much that sentence right there covers like 90% of what you have to do and then like once you've done this like the, the thing is like sustainability has to do a lot with your tastes in many ways and how it makes you feel like if you feel like really like a good example would be like uh, people tend to go to like diet coke and things like this right diet drinks 
And much of that stuff like stimulates insulin production. So you actually end up eating more calories and getting more weight. So it, it doesn't actually solve the actual problem you think it's going to solve. It actually makes you hungrier for carbs, hungrier for sugar um, afterwards. And it's a lot of weird stuff like that that you wouldn't think would be the case, right? Like it seems obvious that you should have less calories in a soft drink or something like that. But um, it's it's uh, like these weird like um, effects that you would never imagine had you not like known the specific data. Yeah. Yeah, like Donald Trump popped off when he said, I've never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. Um, and I think that applies to like most processed foods. Like fundamentally, it's just like, you know, it's dog slop. You know, it's gross. You know, it's weird. They've just added like 17 emulsifiers to your ice cream and then they're not needed. And if you make it at home and you're good at cooking, it's going to taste 10 times better. So like literally just do that. Like, and if you want to go eat a Whopper sometimes, then do it. Because when you were talking about being a vegetarian, that reminded me, because I was, when I was like 17, same reason, uh, cows are cool, blah, blah, blah. And then like, I realized after a while, like, okay, yeah, like, I'm, I, I feel worse. I need to eat some, some Zog slops, yeah. some meat. And um, I remember I went to Burger King with my dad and my brother, and it was like a cloudy day. And I remember I was staring at this Whopper in front of me, and I was like, I want to eat it. Like, I'm going to be sick. And then I ate it, and then I haven't. Uh, and that meat is, is really nice. And I think as long as you honor that animal, like I don't agree with factory farming still. I think mm -hmm. things should be small scale and short chain. And like, you should also be able to like use all of the animal and not just cut off like the fucking muscle meat and then chuck the rest in the bin. But yeah, my realization it's was also that, that, so, okay, different people thrive on different diets. And if I'm a compassionate person, it has to be a compassion to all animals, right? So, and, and one of those animals is me. So it's not just like me saving the cows. It's like, it's like I am one of those animals on the planet. So if it's compassionate for me to eat a certain diet and feel good, then I'm going to kill an animal. Like if, that's, if that is really necessary. And I tried for a long time. Like I took all of the supplements, all of B12 and iron, and I got like really extensive blood panels like i paid thousands of pounds for this stuff in london um i got like really extensive stuff uh and just researched everything and took all of the supplements and everything and it just didn't help at all the thing that really helped was was stuffing my face full of steaks like nothing else helped it was it was very interesting um because like it's it, it's also like a, a difference right because on the on the paper all of the blood tests all of the results all of the hormone results and everything was was perfect but at the same time subjectively i felt awful um, so it's like a, an interesting thing where you can't always get the full picture based on the results. You have to just concentrate on how you feel. And if you have any level of like belief systems or, or even, even things you've concluded based on the science you've read or something that can easily lead to big time bullshitting yourself and big time, not doing what makes you feel actually good. Coach question for you. Um, I'm just curious. Oh, did someone want to say something? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so Coach, you say that uh, you're paleo, if I'm not mistaken. I just want to know how long you've been paleo for. And no, I was, I was like kind of um, paleo-ish for a long time. And now the last few months, I've just started experimenting with like pure carnivore just to see hmm. what happens. Okay. Um, I just wanted to know what the reasoning behind paleo was and if you liked it, because personally, I'm very intrigued by that diet and want to eventually go paleo in life, uh, just because I think it, it seems to work. And it just, I don't think I could ever see myself going vegetarian or something, but I know I definitely need some sort of a dietary change and something mm -hmm. like paleo, I think 
from what I've seen and like from what research I've seen done, it seems to be a lot healthier for you. Yeah. And uh, it just, yeah, it intrigues me a little bit. I just think I'll have a hard time getting off uh, processed sugars, but yeah. I yeah, say that's something I, like, sorry. Yeah, just, I, I was going to say, um, I don't know if I was on paleo exactly, but like organic raw meats and stuff and, and berries and, and stuff like that uh, for a long, long time. And th the decision when I stopped vegetarian was like, I'm going to let go of my entire belief system of what um, I think is good. And I'm purely going to pay attention to stuff. I'm going to eat it and I'm going to see how I feel like during and afterwards and the next day. And then I'm just going to purely do like a, um, I'm going to imagine like I've never read a single thing about nutrition and never read anything and never have any belief systems about like what is good. And I'm just going to concentrate entirely on how I feel. And then uh, the conclusion of that was basically a lot of ribeye steaks, um, a lot of berries, a lot of like nice potatoes and sweet potatoes. Um, and it was, yeah, just like a lot of like meat and potatoes and carrots and shit. It just, I don't know if that's paleo, but it's pretty close. No, that, that's I'm pretty done. You know, as long as you're not using processed uh, sugars. But, yeah, yeah. That's I've, what I, I've done that. I've done that. Um, I haven't documented it, but I can tell you I've done that, you know, as far as like eating like completely like shit as a truck driver. I mean, you know, sometimes our options are limited just because we can't just pull up to the grocery store like we would want to. Um, Jeff, so, Jeff, hey, uh, truck drivers, I can confirm, eat like absolute shit usually. <laughs> but <laughs> not all the times. So you, you can, yes, a lot of them because it's convenient. I mean, the yeah. truck stops have fucking Taco Bell and KFC, you know, attached to them. So it's nothing just to go get that versus going to the actual grocery store. But I mean, even something like today, and I'm going to get back to that point. Like I went to Walmart and just bought like a fuck ton of fruit. And I mean, you know, tuna and oatmeal and, you know, that's what I'll eat until I run out or get lazy. Um, but to Bruce's point, I mean, I've done that because I've eaten like shit for the week. And then I base it off of like my energy levels, you know, from an eight hour or 10 hour drive, like, do I need like fucking 15 cups of coffee or can I just survive off of one cup of coffee, you know, for the duration of my, uh, my drive. And I mean, when I'm eating like fruits and shit like that, I definitely can tell like the energy level is, you know, definitely up there, even if I do it for a long term versus eating all that fat shit, like just feel drained sluggish and like a piece of shit and emotionally just don't want to do nothing. Can you in in one of the in one of your trucks are you allowed to take like a mini fridge or something to refrigerate stuff or like a, I guess you can have yeah. a cool as well. Yeah, I have a mini fridge like a college dorm fridge, and then I got a uh, air fryer as well. So I you can eat what everybody else eats, but again, it's just a yeah. convenience. Like I'll drop my trailer and go to Walmart and get just as much food as you guys want. It's just fucking people are lazy. Yeah, I imagine if I. Did, I might be tempted to to do it a bit like a bodybuilder, you know, like on every Sunday a bodybuilder would prepare all the meals for his week in little like plastic tubs, um, and then eat like chicken and rice and shit. I guess you could do something like that as well, like just preferably. Have you ever considered like, or have you ever been using the microwave in your truck? What? A lady is speaking, man. <laughs> um, no, have you ever been using the air fryer in the truck while driving and then like you're driving and then it goes off and it's done but you're like at a roundabout so then you open it and then you like get distracted by the food like the microwave like I don't know how air fryers work and then you crash the truck because I feel like if I had food cooking I would probably get really distracted 
I mean, I've, I've used them. So the air fryer is like one of those fucking 15 and one things. So like I've used the microwave portion while driving on a short trip just to, you know, have it done by the time I pull over. And I mean, no, I mean, this doesn't serve as a distraction um, at all. I'm imagining like a Neolithic truck driver who like has like a fire going in the passenger seat at all times and then like as you drive you've got like a stick with a hot dog on and you just kind of like toast it and you have to make sure the windows are open otherwise you get gassed and die. But like no. I think that would be a really fun way to spice up a boring drive. No oh, man, I did some crazy shit. Die. I did some crazy shit like my personal background is I scout um, with the Forex market, right? I do that shit while driving sometimes. Like I have my particular setups and like I'm kid you not i'll do that shit while like i'm driving not in in every condition but in you know straight road not too many turns and whatnot if i see my setup yeah. I'm taking the fucking trade have you ever cooked an egg on like the the metal on your truck no but i've seen that shit done i've seen people do that awesome i'll, I'll be five minutes i've got to go and get some some sauce from the shop time of m what's up yeah jk yeah i can I hear you now go ahead I say you, uh, you got, you got some friends that are doing that, cooking with that, with that self. Yeah, you're gonna have to be a little bit more clear. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> okay, don't worry. Uh, so, someone go ahead. I guess. Oh, I really didn't understand either. Can you actually repeat that? I think it might be the connection. I, I think he's high. Can you, you ever think know? about really scary so, demons? Yeah. Do you ever get really high and then you start seeing faces in the wall? Uh, no, I get high and just fall asleep. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think my drugs are really well, I just used to get hungry, but no, I didn't see shit. Um, I would definitely try like some ayahuasca or some shit, though, and I would be down for that. But no, some ayahuasca plants, <laughs> I, would, I would try it. I've heard Joe Rogan and some other guy talk about them, they sound fucking wild. I don't know if I could ever do that, but some people are fine to try anything so long as it's quote unquote natural. Mm, right. Robert, do you want to talk about ketamine? Ketamine. One of my one of my close friends actually fucking loves ketamine and like it's like his drug of choice. He like yeah. It, in my opinion, ketamine is probably one of the most dangerous drugs you can fucking take because like that shit just like sends you off onto it. Like you, you so easy to overdose on ketamine. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a dissociative you agent. You don't want to give yourself. Uh, you should not be driving it. on it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, I find it. Sorry, enough, Gobi. I Will find I be muted if I interject now? So, uh, go right ahead. Um, better know, than what ketamine. Try that actually. So, three round, three to five rounds of Wim Hof. Jump into the cold plunge, or uh, do three to five rounds of Wim Hof in the sauna. You'd be sweating. Even 20 minutes, you'd be really, really sweating, right? And then jump into the cold plunge for like five minutes. And that's like one of the best like, highs you, you would ever have. Can that, like, Sefi, answer this from a medical point of view. Can that not cause, like, hypothermia from, like, the rapid change in temperature? Uh, I think you'll be all right, but, like, I don't know. Like, I, if, I wouldn't do anything that would make your heart stop and then you fucking die in a hot tub. That'd be a weak way to go. Like, mm. I can come up with a lot of other ways to die better than that. You know, that's the only thing. So, like, you ketamine <laughs> like, users or heroin users, whatever the fuck, like, don't do it in a swimming pool or some shit where you're going to drown, right? Like, <laughs> there's enough ways to die of the drug itself without adding, like, the drowning asphyxiation element to the whole thing. I think it's a little bit weird. And I tried the cold thing in an onsen. That was a... Uh, and, and when you, when you get to... 
and uh, they had the the hot the super hot things when you get into breath work and that kind of stuff it's the... bro do you not hear bro we're talking like that i think he's, I, I think I think he's got they're... a bit of a lag No, I'm I'm scared because I got muted because I was talking over somebody because I yeah, because I wasn't being polite. So. <laughs> yeah, you probably do have a lag. Muting you. So, so you now I don't know what to say. Oh my fucking god! Like, no, Mo, Jesus Mo, what's ha- Christ. Mo, what's happening? I think is there's a lag between other people talking and you. So you like when people are already speaking, you don't realize it. So that's what's happening. Just raise your hand prior to wanting to speak. Possibly. Just, just like a good rule of thumb. I think Mo has like seven DPNs or some shit running. That's the problem. It's like, it's like the signal's bouncing around like six times the length of the earth or some shit, right? So there's like this lag. <laughs> no one's stealing his fucking seed phrase, that's for sure. Well, what, well, what, I, what I think is important is uh, just... Uh, the uh, the importance of movement because i don't think we're designed to be sedentary and i see a lot of people get into radical diets or radical practices or radical breath work or uh contrast uh, thermogenesis you know jumping back and forth between the sun and a cold plunge and they don't move like they spend they spend all day sitting literally sitting like eight i've tried that once and it it made me sick i tried it for one day and uh, we need we need to find a solution for these screens because in order to follow screens you need to be you need to be stationary you, you need to be immobile so we need to find yeah right we need to find a solution for that like some way to interact with with the digital information but anyway movement is very important so if somebody's not moving every day carry on now at some point during this uh, you're probably going to say something really really yeah funny I think that's it. my point if somebody if somebody would. I think your connection's breaking. Oh, I'll, I'll just be quiet. Oh, well, maybe he's not. He's yeah. not okay. No good. I was lost in shit because he went from screens to moving to hot tubs to cold plunges. I think he's complaining about people that work like sitting down and like humans aren't meant to like just be sitting around all day in an office and shit like that. I think that's the point he's trying to make. Mm, I think Mo Rad might be in drugs. a K hold. I think he might be K hold, which is when you take ketamine so much ketamine that you are rooted to the floor you can't actually like walk you can't move um i hadn't seen this before until recently and i met someone for the first time i was being introduced and he said oh man you've met me at the wrong time i'm just k-holing and i said well i don't know what that means he says well look can i just hold on to you and then he started like shuffling i was like oh my god this man can't walk like and that, that made me think like, why would you take this? And he said, and I was like, did you enjoy the, the gig? And he said, no, I had to spend most of it with my eyes closed. Um, and he was like, what? And he said, yeah, I felt like the music was a person and I was talking to them and I had to close my eyes because, you know, everything was moving and I just couldn't walk and I, I thought I was going to die. And I said, right, well, that just doesn't seem like a good use See, of your day. Do you, do you I know don't, what I mean? Was that the festival you were at, I want like the experience where like I'm in like the astral world type shit and like I get to have like an awakening of some sort. Like I want that shit. I don't want to fucking see the clock talking to me on the wall. I want that well, shit. Well, I mean, you get that if you're not at a gig trying to like not piss yourself or something. So it's about set and setting, I guess, in some way. Yeah, yeah. I would probably find like some native land and like some fucking witch doctor or some shit. 
to like give me shrooms, like DM, DMT or whatever it's called. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's probably um, a time and a place for everything, but maybe not ketamine. To be fair, you don't K-hole every time you do cat. Um, and I was going to ask when you were talking if you've ever um, K-holed yourself, because I think every time you speak, it reminds me of someone lost in a sea of, you know, they call it a K-hole because they feel like it feels like you're falling into a hole. And whenever you speak, I just get the sensation that that's what you feel, like a lost, like a, like a lost soul in a way. I don't know. Is that true? Hmm. Well... I appreciate your psychoanalysis of me, Zara. Um, I am actually perpetually K-holed. I've been in a K-hole since I was 14 years old, uh, and I can't escape it. So I just got used to it now. Um, so, you know, just like coping with it. Thank you so, for Groba, sharing your truth. Groba, why do you use him? Groba. I'm sorry, I didn't have a question. I say, what? Why do you eat him? Uh, I'm drinking a bottle of red wine. Um, it's a Gamay. Uh, it's not uh, Appalachian Controle, which means it's like uh, not that great, but it tastes okay. 2020, um, going down okay, six euros. Wine's very cheap in France. So that's why I moved here. But I hope it's, it's bad. <laughs> how long did, how long it is bad? Hmm. I'm sorry, but I don't understand your question. I say, how long it has been? It's not like he said expired. I don't know. <laughs> how long it expired? What? Expired, expired of, of the product. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So high that incomprehensible. Like I'm curious about every every space I join with fucking Sappy and coaching that there's always someone. Always. Okay guys, like when you're uh speaking you gotta make sure you don't have your uh speakers on too loud or we get all this reverb and can't help tell what the hell's going on. So it'll sometimes like cut you off if you're talking, if the the system or whatever thinks that you're both speaking and listening at the same time. So you got to turn your like speakers at home down and shit. People sitting here with their speakers on full blast, connected to their home fi hi fi Their home hi fi system blasting Twitter spaces at full volume. I actually don't have any headphones or earphones, so every single space is on speaker. Mm, um, that's why whenever Bruce does like a bit about like a, I don't know, like he starts saying like, yeah, I like to imagine all the teddy bears on my bed are you, and I'm I'm masturbating on you all or whatever. Like, I always like put my my thumb over my phone speaker because like my sister is in the room next to me, and it's usually like three a.m. I don't want her to think I'm in like a weird cult. But um, yeah, so. Why are you afraid? Like, why are you afraid to tell her what you are? Like, how old is she? Um, she's forty-seven. Then why are you worried? Just share what you are. <laughs> and if she, if she's forty-seven um, and she's like a proper adult, and I don't know, like if you share what you are and she doesn't like it, 
then just like tell her she's not your sister anymore. And I thought we were in a cult. We are Lung Dao. We are one. What? What's Lung Dao? We, we are Lung Dao. We are What's one. Lung? Why do you guys keep talking about Lung? Are you talking about Lung like lugging something around like a piece of like baggage or like I don't know I don't want to talk about it talking about a stupid crypto coin because they have like I think it's an inside joke I joined the space too late so I don't really know I don't know I've just been like I got a job running this Twitter account I don't know what the fuck it is coach why did you join from that account today and not your regular one I don't know I don't know I just, mm. I don't know. Interesting. I just Addy, what's, happening, what's happening in the world of fashion right now? Like, is there some trend? Is there something we should be thinking about? Like some uh, collector's items we should be buying? Um, I don't really know necessarily, but now is a good time to be looking out because you have New York Fashion Week, which is just finishing up here, um, which is not important. No American Fashion Week matters. You have Paris Fashion Week coming up. Um, Milan Fashion Week starts on the 20th, I think. And then um, I believe London Fashion Week either already happened or it's upcoming. I think that it actually was already happening, but then they had to pause some of the shows. Um, But that's where you'll see, like, what's coming up for next season. And it's like... Even if you're not, sorry, even if you're not into luxury fashion, anything that happens um, on the luxury end trickles down into like, um, like the more like everyday consumer oriented trends. So do you have a favorite fashion designer? What'd you say? Uh, Do you have a favorite fashion designer or like a, a brand or whatever? Um... I really like Saint Laurent, but mostly because I worked for them. But um, I really like Vivian Westwood. She's probably one of my favorites. And I do like a lot of, um, like, I like Margiela, but I don't have a lot of Margiela. I really like Dolce & Gabbana because of their, um, like, I really like their family campaigns in, like, the, I think there was, like, the spring, summer, 13 and mm-hmm. 16 ones, I'm pretty sure. Um, and also, at the same time, they made all those, like, comments about why there were no Chinese people in the adverts. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, I like right. Under Armour because it's comfortable. Okay, yes. thanks for speaking your truth. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like Dolce Gabbana a lot. I think that they do like really cool stuff that doesn't look so like, um, like a lot of designers have gone so streetwear, like luxury designers. I think that's why I like Vivian Westwood because she doesn't do that at all. And it's just so boring. Like everything looks so, it all looks the same now. Yeah, everything looks the same. So true. Yeah. I imagine, um, I imagine you've got a lot of swag and a lot of drip. Addy, from what I know of you. Thank um, you. <laughs> what I do also wonder is like, I bet Sefi like dresses like such a codger. Like I bet right now he's wearing like a, a white shirt, like a button up shirt with like a blue checks on it, maybe some like khaki trousers. Mm. And um 
maybe he's got like one statement gold ring or something that like his wife gave him to keep it tasteful but you know sure they've got a bit of wealth um and i i sometimes like imagine him in my head that he's got like mohawk like a pink <laughs> mohawk i don't know why all right let's see how many things you got right here uh one is i have zero jewelry on i don't like jewelry that much uh you don't so, wear yeah, a no wedding gold. ring Steffi? no no rings no nothing so like my mm. wife has a really nice ring but uh but i don't i don't really like i don't know i'm not i don't like uh i, I just don't care that much about it then not, uh what's that bruce <laughs> i said you're not gay so you don't wear them yeah so uh then let's see uh she got correct the i've got uh some uh lululemon uh khaki pants that uh my wife bought me uh they're actually really nice i like them a lot uh they're they're uh super comfortable anyway um today for some reason i've got some shoes that are kind of like a mixture of like brown leather and blue suede i don't know like why i'm going this route today but that's what's going on and then i've got like some sort of like uh armani button down blue shirt uh for some reason like i had to i had to uh uh get a picture taken for something so i had to dress up this morning a little bit more than usual but uh yeah zara's right i tend to be like pretty minimalist for the most part uh i don't really spend that much time sort of like worrying about my daily look or some shit like that sefi there's a rumor going around that you're korean is that true uh, it could be true. Uh, is it? Uh, is this like process of elimination or something? No, no. It's just people have been talking, and and when you talking... narrow things down quite a lot, wouldn't it? I was imagining. I was like imagining what you looked like and stuff when you were describing your fashion, and uh, yeah, I was referring to what everyone had said about you being Korean. Sefi, one time you said that you have very blonde hair. Were you telling the truth, or is that just because like your profile picture has blonde hair? What's that? Oh no, just the profile picture has a specific type of hair, but like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean I my like have those little curls and the cute little blue shirt. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So is your your in real life your hair's not blonde? If you don't answer her, you know what she's doing here. <laughs> she's latched on. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you put me on the spreadsheet. Uh, with that degree of specificity. Oh, I'm not <laughs> making a spreadsheet. Seppi, that I'm happened like the hours. Ago. You're kidding me, right? Like, this is her latest mystery. Why do you think she's <laughs> bases? Like, she's here purely to dig for info. Like, it's so fucking each, each powerful. Space, each space, there's like one piece of information, right? So it's <laughs> like if you hang around long enough, right, you can figure out who the fuck I am, where I am, and like maybe like uh, who I work for and all that kind of shit. There was a period of time last year where, for some reason, everyone thought I was like CIA for some reason. I'm not sure why. But uh, I'm not denying it or anything. I'm just saying, like, uh, it was a very common theme for some reason for, like, six months. I'm not sure You why. mean on, on crypto Twitter? Or what? I do have, yeah, yeah. I do have one question. Where did Sefi derive from? Now, my initial thought was Cephalus. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and think it might be something else. Uh, hit, your, uh, hit your mute, JK, because, like, I can't hear anything. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I guess your truck sounds, and I have a car going on, so it's like, can't hear a thing. Uh, where does my uh, name come from? Uh, it's a, like, 
So it, when you spell with an E-I at the end instead of I-I, it actually is the name of a uh, star and like star cluster, uh, kind of like um, like not an, like an astrology thing so much of as an astronomy thing. And um, it's just like an interesting uh, large, like super bright star with some interesting characteristics I think are interesting. But also, um, it so happens that one of my favorite uh, tracks ever created, music tracks, um, Dead Mouse uh, named uh, a track after this star as well. And uh, like when I, uh, the thing is like, it's such a common, it's a relatively common name because I guess it's Greek or whatever. And um, it's like, if you, you're not going to be differentiated if you use EI because like, it just doesn't um, like, there's like a million, you know, like it's a million people have the same name. So I kind of like modified it a little bit to like suit myself and um, kind of created like uh, sort of, I guess, a fresh name out of it. Does that make sense? So that's, that's kind of the origin. Yep. Yeah. I'm just glad it's not cephalus. Yeah. Well, like spelling is pretty no, different. Nothing, nothing a little penicillin can't cure, right? So true. I love penicillin. I'd say it's one of my favorite antibiotics, but I really mm. like minocycline. Um, as a doctor, do you have a favorite antibiotic of, of any sort? Or When you say favorite, Zara, let's clarify here. Are you talking about the subjective sense of euphoria, or are you talking about the effect in fighting the infectious disease? Uh, I was talking about infectious disease and also just like generally, because like they're kind of like random, like they're just like they hit randomizer. Mm. My my personal favorites, amoxicillin. Uh, what about you, Sefi? Uh, as far as like what, like what are we treating here? <laughs> just like no, you just habits. have to pick one. Like you don't know any other information. You just oh, okay. Here's one. here's another example. So so um, you're going on a plane ride alone. You have your pilot's license, and you're going on a plane ride, and you're going like over the Bermuda Triangle, and then over the ocean, and there's a very high chance that you're going to die. And and but there's also an even higher chance that you're going to crash land on a desert island. Which antibiotics do you take with you to this desert island? Like, which is the most universally protective and enjoyable? Well, I don't know about enjoyable, but if I was going to be like in some new like saltwater environment and I have to go and uh, get in there, right? I'd probably go uh, Zara's right route as far as like doxy or minocycline. Yeah, nice, good stuff. All right. Here's another question, Sophie. If you have no other food sources and you have to live on antibiotic pills alone, and there's no other, you can eat like the, you can eat the gelatin capsules, um, but you have to also swallow the antibiotic. You can't have like you can't separate them. Um, which which antibiotic do you think would keep you alive the longest in like pure nutritional value? And I guess like which would be least likely to kill you from like massive doses. Yeah, that's kind of a complicated question. Uh, probably something like the amoxicillin that you mentioned would probably be reasonably safe in crazy doses. But I'm going to eat these for nutritional value. I don't know how much value there is in that. I'll probably end up dead. Much to consider. Well, I got my mouth full of food. The idea was like you run an island. And a boat crashes, but the boat contains only antibiotics. And you have to like make a trade off. You have to decide like, 
which one can I survive on for four weeks um, until the rescuers arrive? Yeah, which Bruce, which, uh, that's an interesting question, but a different way to look at it would be like, all right, would you chew off your own leg if there was some reasonable chance that uh, you'd survive long enough to be picked up? Or you'd be like, fuck it, I'm dying with all my four limbs. I'd, I'd have everything. I'd eat my leg. I'd eat my... Oh, that'd be, I'd be a bit nervous, though, because I think the shock of doing it would probably kill you faster than the nutritional value you gain, right? Does it make, does it make sense to take any body part off to, to try and get around um, starvation? Or is it always just a fucking shock to the nervous system? I yeah, it's a really important setting. consideration. Safi, you know how you can tell that you you like teach people? I've noticed this is you remind me of professors because they used to say this. Um, you're always like, well, here's another way to look at it or think about it this way. Which I think is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I do say that, don't I? You say that very, very frequently. Okay. But I think it's, I got thing. It. it's just like I have noticed that and it reminds me of somebody that like teaches maybe like not necessarily kids but like adults you know okay so i think i got it all right so he's korean he's a professor um doctor of some sort now we can't confirm the hair color but i'm gonna take my first guess um that's an alert um dr kim That's a pretty general name. I mean, there's a lot of Dr. Kim's out there, I'd bet. You know which one. You think his name is Dr. Kim? Also, what's the... I mean, we're not, this isn't a space where we're trying to guess. Yeah, we're not trying are, to dox Sefi. I just wanted to know his hair color. Okay, and then okay. everybody <laughs> accused me of trying to dox him because I, in the past, have gotten a little bit too obsessed. Have you guys, seen, have you guys seen Game of Thrones? Yes. No. No, I don't want to. It's weird. You guys haven't seen Game of Thrones? It's because when you say Game of Thrones, the first sound in it is gay. And I don't really agree with any yeah, of that. Yeah, you stuff. can't like associate with that. Got it. Okay, Savvy, I've seen Game of Thrones because I'm gay, I guess. So So you know the girl with the, you know the girl <laughs> with the uh like dragon hair? Daenerys? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have dragon hair. So you, you're like a toehead. No, what do you mean? What's a toehead? You don't know what a toehead is? It's mm -mm. like, you ever, well, it's mostly, I think, used for kids, but... Muted. You ever see those, like, little babies when they're, or like toddlers, and they have, like, just the brightest, like, blonde, like, white blonde hair? That's a toehead. Oh, don't uh, do that. Sorry, my cat just tried to. No, it's it's back. more like uh, like I don't know, just a, a real. Look up what a toehead is. Yeah, toeheads are in the movies. Uh, in the movie uh, Spy Kids, in the first movie, um, there's a series of grunts, sort of bodyguards wearing red jumpsuits, <laughs> and they have the, a head that's shaped like a toe. I think it's a thumb, actually. I can't remember. It was a thumb. <laughs> Yeah, I think they They're were cousins. Thumbs. They're cousins, though. Cousins of the same species, like an asparagus. Yeah, I looked. I googled toehead. That's not it. Like, think of uh, the Targaryens, right? Like that would be me. Don't they have like super white blonde hair, though? 
Yeah, I don't know if it's blonde or what, but... What do you mean? It's, like, blonde. Oh, he has gray hair. Oh, you're saying you have gray... Well, what color was your hair originally? Like Targaryen. So blonde. That's blonde. I don't even know what that... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure what that's called. my worst nightmares is that Sephi is are you blind? Zara's nightmares that I'm old? No, no, that you're bald. Mm, no, I'm, definitely, is... I'm not bald, actually. I have a brother that's bald, though. But yeah, I'm not. But... Are, you bald, are you balding, though? Uh, not yet, no. He is such a youthful spirit. His The Norwood Reaper would never come for him. He's too powerful. <laughs> uh, Bruce and Zara are always about Norwoods and, like, the whole scoring system. I'm, I don't understand why. Like, what's this obsession with Norwood? Oh, fuck. Well, ever since I was a young girl, I've always had a slight receding hairline. And I guess it really got me down. When I was, one of my earliest memories was actually going onto my dad's computer and searching female receding hairline. And then I read all this stuff about Norwood and it just really sort of got into my deep long-term memory. And most of my actions and life, life choices since have been based off this fundamental fear, I suppose, of the Norwood Reaper. And I guess I sort of project that onto other people. Um, even here, I guess this is really a wake-up call for me to work on that. Hmm. Uh, Meow Meow's been hanging out a bit. Did you want to uh, chat, Meow Meow? What's happening in your life today? Oh, not much. Um, I'm sort of hanging around with my three dogs. Um, just enjoying listening. I just uh, set a challenge as well, because every now and then people uh, get a bit fighty with me on uh, discord or twitter and stuff and they say things like bruce the way you're representing lunk is so unprofessional you need to stop talking about sex you know you you're you're doing us a bad service or um you're gonna frighten cz away or something like that but the thing about these people is they're always too much of a pussy to actually come and have a conversation i've said it like time and time again i used to try and be logical with these people i was like well your your view is wrong because of xyz and I'd be nice and I'd try and explain it a little bit. But now it's like, come and have a real conversation just to save What's my time. Um, because universally, none of these little pussies, none of these little cockroaches even come up ever to speak. They're too fucking afraid. Um, it's, it's very fascinating. They're like happy and content if they're on Discord in their little channels, like, you know, doing clown emoji reacts and stuff. Or um, they're happy to, to shit talk when I'm not around. But when it comes to facing the real man or any of the other CEOs, they scurry for the fucking, you know, like if they're in the kitchen, they scurry under the cabinets. That's what they're like. They're too afraid to face the music. They won't. Well, come and... they might not be aware that like Django and CZ and company wanted us on their show. Right. So it's not like uh, it's not like we don't know how to get to the people of like Binance to have a chat. Right. So like it's kind of funny. Well, where are they? That's what I want to know. Like, like I've, I've invited them to have a conversation many, many times. Where are they? Where are they? Speak I don't to, know. Speak to Addy. Like you have to go to the other spaces where titles lump. They're in there. Somebody, uh, Sefi got brought up yesterday. What did they say about Sefi? Uh, immature. Um, put lunk in the title. Can't take you serious. Um, that you know those names. 
are you telling me there's actually grown adults that spend their time talking about other adults having fun yeah. Yeah, in yeah, spaces yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, Where yeah. are their wives and children? Why are they wasting because their you, time? you tarnish the name of Lunk. Now, don't get it twisted. I believe in Lunk. I'm for Lunk. I'm pro Lunk. I just boxed on them this morning. But yeah, yeah I mean, they was like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are these spaces bringing attention to this no. stuff? Not. It wasn't a shit on Seppi like session, but it was just like a split second of Seppi's name got brought up as far as immaturity. And yep. yeah, it was kind of like that. And then they moved on. Whenever somebody says, like, you're representing Lunk in a bad way, I always tell them, like, I am Lunk. Like, I am, bitch, I am Lunk. Like, I am Lunk. What are you talking about? What do you mean representing? I am fucking Lunk. Yeah, it's like a it's like a concept personified, right? Yeah, and it's it's funny as well because these people are the okay. So there's a, a lot of things here. Number one, they're like they're most angry at, at probably the most intelligent, industrious people. Like people like me and Sefi actually know about shit and we do stuff um, in our actual lives. And like I started this whole lung thing as well. So it's like, what are you talking about? The the reason we are where we are is because I'm exactly how I am, right? It's not it's not any mystery um there's like a direct causation here um and also like universally these people have done fucking nothing they have like three followers they chat shit in spaces and they do absolutely nothing with their time and they're too they're too pussy they're too afraid to ever come up to one of these spaces and have a real conversation like universally not a single one of these people has ever come and had a real conversation they just shit talk either in other spaces behind our backs when we're not there because they're too afraid or they do their little keyboard warrior thing, like on tweets and comments and stuff. But universally, not a single one of them has ever had the courage to come into one of these spaces and actually talk to us. You would think there would be like a basic level of manliness where it's like, hmm, I'm not going to talk shit unless I'm willing to actually talk to these people myself. But there apparently is no manliness at all. I mean, I'll be honest and up front. Initially, when I saw your, and I'm new to Twitter, to be honest. Uh, but when I saw your initial tweets, I'll be honest and upfront, I didn't get you like at all. But I'm I'm fucked up in the head too. Um, so when I finally got into the spaces and actually heard like the context of the conversation, obviously I, I caught on and I, I enjoy it. I get substance from it. But initially, just by the tweets, I didn't get it until I got into the spaces. I think a problem here is that fundamentally, whenever something gets big enough to gain traction and gain people there will always be a certain subset of whatever group of people that just don't get it. And they never will get it, and they never have got it. And unfortunately, all they do is kill the vibe until the people that originally start whatever this is, and this happens not just in crypto, but in everything, um, every single movement, every art movement, everything. They kill the vibe, and the original people who came up with the ideas that made it popular go somewhere else because they fucking killed the vibe. And it's like they don't even realize that they're shooting themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot. If they want to make money, then well, you don't do it by making the most boring fucking coin in the world or whatever. I don't even know. Like I don't know anything about crypto, but I know what people are like. And these people are literally just boring fucks. Now, um, all of this aggression has has mm -hmm. made me. Um, I've linked something here at the top. Um, it's called phone booth fighting, and really and what that is is two men get put in a phone booth. Uh, back to back, and then a, t a clock starts. It's a 15 second round, and they both have to pummel each other and, and just try and knock each other out. And they're trapped inside this this phone booth together. And I think we should challenge these critics, these text warriors, keyboard warriors, to a phone booth fight. 
an official Lankdao one. Um, that's my proposal, governance proposal. I like it. Is do you know what the? Can you hear me? Yeah. Do you know what the the phone booth is made of? Is it metal? Like, are you allowed to push the guy's head into the metal? I think it's a, like a well, solid, certainly solid. Um, whatever it is, wood or yeah, metal, possibly. I can't tell. I don't know. It looks. It looks like one of these classic like London phone booths, just like literally. No, it's definitely not a classic one. It looks like it's been three D printed or something. I think it's a cool idea, though, for sure. Like they did, they MMA came out and they did like very a lot of variations of that um, with different rule sets and things. And then eventually they did that Polish thing, which is like team MMA with four to eight people, which is really fucking funny as well. Like four four guys can like smash one guy like four v one, and then they go on to the next guy. And then and then different rule sets came about that. Like you're only allowed a two on one situation. You're not allowed um, more than a two on one. And then other rules came about. And this is like, and then different cage designs and stuff came around. And then like gloves versus gloveless, like kick when you're down versus not kick when you're down. Like the UFC doesn't allow like um, soccer kicks or, or knees when the guy is down and stuff like that. But um, in other organizations, they do. And this is like the latest, the latest iteration of it, isn't it? Tiny fucking spaces. Very cool. Mm, the, the best part is the referee can't get in there to stop the fight. Um <laughs> Like, which seems a little bit strange to me, but there you go. Um, it seems to be a Russian thing. Yeah. So, the the commentator is literally saying like, "Oh my, oh my! I think we may have crossed the line there a little bit." <laughs> I think it's super cool though, because it's like when you change the rule set and and uh, the specification, the the the ideal way of fighting changes completely, right? Like um, a, a lot of what's happened in the UFC now is purely because of the cage design like a lot of the ways of fighting i don't know if you've ever watched um much ufc uh grover but have you seen like the way um uzman fights and and khabib used to fight oh, yeah the way they use the edge of the cage and the way they yeah they they they get people against the edge of the cage. they're using it all the time and they're using all of the rules it's very interesting it's like the the way of fighting evolves depending on like the cage shape yeah this is there's a whole sort of system to evolve that's evolved around like yeah. what to do when you're ed- at the edge of the cage and, and you know, hold yeah. off their wrists and give you a sense of gravity low. Cause like, this whole sort of like pin, pin the other person against the cage the game, yeah. which developed and uh, ways yeah, it's pretty interesting. Oh, like ways to cheat, like ways to use putting your feet in the cage or your hands in the cage um, that, that, that prevents you from being in worse positions. So guys will like shuffle up against the edge of the cage um, in order to cheat. <laughs> like um, Connor was doing that against Khabib. Uh, I think, um, yeah, it's it's like in loads of fights now, like tactical amounts of cheatings that depend on the cage. Like I've always wondered, why don't the UFC just make the make the like a, a pure kind of not glass, but what's that stuff? Like very hard, see through substance that isn't um, plastic. No, like like a plexiglass. Yeah, like a plexiglass. Like why don't they do that rather than have um, one of these like wire fences? Because all of the problems are like grabbing the fence. Like there's so many fouls in every match. It's quite interesting. Maybe because if somebody slammed their head against punching glass, it might cause a, um, I don't know, a bigger issue. Imagine if like somebody got knocked the hell out into the plexiglass. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's also like the camera work and stuff. They don't want it to steam up. Yeah. Mm, we'll never know um but yeah new new systems of fighting that we can invent anything really you know lunk, lunk Dao, 
um, it's, it's quite a creative bunch. And uh, in order to sort of put our commentators, our critics in their place, we can develop any kind of fighting um, in a bin, in a phone booth, in a washing machine, um, in a supermarket, you know, whatever. Um, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I noticed that Sefi went quiet after somebody said he was immature. Um, Sefi, I, I don't think that personally. I don't think Grover thinks that. I don't think Zara thinks that. Sefi, no! I've been listening to that Dead Mouse song, the Sefi. Um, I didn't, I'd never heard it before. I listened to Dead Mouse as well and never heard this one. So um, thanks, thanks for the tip off. Yeah, Grover, that's one you have to kind of like uh it's it's one of those you have to hear like almost like a meditation many times right and you kind of notice the genius of it after a while yeah because i heard like faxing berlin and all that sort of stuff you know like it seems like a similar sort of uh period of time when he made this and uh yeah no it's, it's, it's good but anyway um what's uh what else is going on this evening uh corwin has been putting their hand up for absolutely ages uh, Corwin, what's uh, what's your contribution to tonight's discussion about fighting in phone booths? Um, hello. So I am a Lung Tao hater. So like, I was like, I'm like a lung holder, and I think all like the sex stuff is like really gross. And I've been really afraid to like come up and talk to you guys because, well, like you guys are really scary. And like you guys like are now talking about like fighting me and stuff, but like, so I'm like really afraid. But like I hate you guys, and I think you guys should stop talking about sex and like fighting and stuff. Hmm. Zara, do you want to handle this one? Yeah. Hi, Corin. I totally get where you're coming from because like I don't know. I think the sex stuff can definitely be off-putting to a lot of people, but I think fundamentally, when you look at the base of what we're talking about here. It's just like joking around. Like no one is serious, and I guess that I'm, naturally... I'm pretty serious, actually. Hey, Colin, so, like... can you not interrupt me first of all? Because I'm a woman of color speaking, <laughs> right? Okay. So, um, as I was saying, I mean, you completely disrupted my flow there. Let me just have a moment. No one talk. Yeah. So with the sex stuff, like it just basically is just funny. And if you don't get it, then maybe you shouldn't be involved in lunk. Like, and I'm not trying to be rude to you or be scary to you. But it's a fundamental part of why it's popular in the first place. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm kind of scared of you. Like you told me to be quiet, and I was just trying to express myself. And I'm like, uh, Corwin. Um, fundamentally, I know that you're a little bit gay, and that's all right because I can hear it in your voice. And I guess that's why you're kind of getting off on this like humiliation thing or whatever, because you fundamentally have low testosterone, and that's why. But actually, maybe maybe you're not gay. Maybe you're just bisexual because you did have the testosterone to come up here and speak to us. So I respect you. I hear you. I hold space for you. And I respect your truth. But the sex jokes aren't going to end. But also, I love you. I love you too. Thank you for saying that. That was really nice of you. But I think you're really scary. And I don't like the way that you're talking to me. I My testosterone was tested last week. And it's like a slightly less than average. But it's not like really that low. And I've, I'm really thinking about it a lot. So I wish you would be a little nicer to me. I hear your truth. And I'm listening. I you like Continue Corwin. talking. Yeah, he's definitely a bottle. Hmm. Thank you for sharing your truth, Corwin. 
we're sorry for what you've been experiencing lately and the ways you've been feeling, but I want you to know that the way you feel isn't your fault. There are things that have caused you to feel that way. And we're doing our best to hear that and honor that. You guys are being really nice, even though you guys were talking about violently attacking me in a phone booth just like two minutes ago. And I was like really afraid. But now you guys are being a little nice, except for Zara sometimes. She's not that nice to me, but she said she loves me. So I love her too. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I guess the fact that we're like, you know, we're not actually mean, you know, we're just chilling. And when we talk about violence in the phone booth, it's just a metaphor for like we're fighting against the evil of the world. Like we're fighting against disease, like Sefi, for example, he fights against disease, he saves people's lives. Um, Mr. Lunk, he, uh, his coach, he fights against like really like evil rapists and stuff. He's actually a vigilante in England and he's pretty well known here um, for like, you know, taking care of women on the street, especially in areas that are more violent. He's like a modern day Batman. And um, Addie's just left, but she's honestly one of the strongest advocates for human rights in the world she's saved countless refugee families who would have honestly just died and perished otherwise and i can carry on if you do, want grover meow meow Yura, all of do them you, do you think that do you think that Addie left because of me it's probably my fault and i'm not well, really sure what to do about it i mean i don't know about that i know she works in fashion so she's used to like you know a lot of your kind but like i don't think it's anything personal against you but she's probably just trying to separate work and play you know. Mm-hmm. Cool. And do you think your do you think your sexuality has anything to do with the fact that you hate Lunkdow? Um, and do you think maybe your sexual interests have anything to do with it? Well, so I'm really trying to have sex, and like like Zara said that I'm gay, and like a lot of people think that I'm gay, and like I sometimes think that I'm gay, but usually I don't think that I'm gay. So it depends on the day, right? But like usually I don't think I'm gay, and so like usually I think I'm pretty straight, and I'm really trying to meet like a nice girl, and like I'm told that like you guys are like oh my god, like Longdao will help me meet a girl, and I'm like oh my god, that sounds so nice, but like I don't meet a girl from Longdao, and I'm like really I just like, I think you guys should be more serious, you know. Hmm. So you're looking to meet uh, a female CEO, maybe. Um, what what what do you think you seek in a woman? Like, what's your ideal woman? Maybe we can help matchmake you. I've never thought about it. I don't have any preferences because I've never been with a woman. So it's like I don't know. Maybe maybe I do like men. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think we'll move to to cryptopreneur. Go ahead, cryptopreneur. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're in a cave, it seems. I don't know, it's this Twitter thing is it's changing like I don't know, sounding background effects. Anyways, I've been in uh, I've been in Luna two point since like one fifty and one C since like six zero point zero zero zero zero six. Um I just had a quick question for one C. What exactly, like what utility are we aiming for? Is it even possible to get utility on chain? With Luna Classic or Luna? Yeah, Luna Classic. Well, it depends what you mean. Like, what, what, what for you? Defi- like, who, like, who would like? Would somebody come on Luna Classic and build a D app, for example? Yeah. Well, there are already about 150 different apps already, and I think something like 100 of them. Are oh, broken cool. Because of, you, do you know? Do you know the history of of, um, of Luna C? Or have you yeah, just? Yeah, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I was on the original Luna, like ah. near IPO, and then before the run up to like a hundred. So yeah, so you know all the stuff that's been built here, right? Yeah. So there's all but, of that. But weren't they? But didn't those like devs move on to like Luna two point oh? 
Um, a lot of the builders moved to Luna 2.0, and they also moved to um, different Cosmos chains. Some of them made yeah. their own Kujira. Some of them moved to Polygon. Um, mm -hmm. There's a whole, whole uh, load of them that are just like lost, that rejected Luna 2, but are now just wandering around like Nexus Protocol. Yeah, it had no um, they're just lost in, like, they're in the Bardos. Have you heard of the Tibetan Book of the Dead and the Bardos? When you die, you cross through different realms, and one of them is like the Bardo <laughs> of Becoming. And and in that realm, it's like your, it's like hypnagogic imagery and replaying traumas and just being lost and stuff. It's it's the realm you're in before you take rebirth. Um, but a lot of people are just lost in those realms. They're lost in the limbo realms. Um, and they're unable to to find a route in planting their project to a new chain. So a lot of people have been lost since then. But yeah, um, so to answer your question, there are already a load of apps, right? They just need USTC to be fixed and to be mm -hmm. recognized or repegged or the algorithm to be turned on or something. But also a lot of people, a lot of builders assumed the whole chain was dead. So it went to nearly zero. I think at, at the lowest, it was like 100 million market cap or something. It went yeah. down to nearly zero. And at that point, there was the creation of the new chain and people moved on and stuff. But I think there was this assumption that it was all dead. So now like there's been this, this turnaround, this reversal, this, this Phoenix rising from the ashes where it's come back up. Um, and it's become this thing that was like a, a tiny, almost dead chain to suddenly it's what, I don't know, I haven't looked lately, but it's like, it was at 4 billion the other day. I think maybe it's like 2 billion now market cap. But, but since that has happened and since staking has been re-enabled, there's an enormous amount of staking rewards paid out. There's an enormous amount of interest and focus. There's an enormous amount of volume. Um, there's ways people want to spend their staking rewards. So all of these factors um, are going to motivate people to build there. Even if people left, they're going to look back at it now and think, oh, hang on a minute, maybe it's good to build there. And I think all of the teams, like all of the teams that moved on, maybe um, you know, if you're familiar with the old landscape, I'm not going to go over all of it. But there were a lot of teams that moved on that have almost fully working projects um, on the old chain. And they can easily turn their attention back on them and fix them in some way or modify them in some way because it's now become worth it, right? Like there's enough volume and enough interest. It's a multi-billion dollar chain. So there's enough interest for them to be motivated to come back. I think there's enough incentive. So it's yeah, like but outflow and now there's like going to be a backflow, which is interesting. Yeah, but the issue is, is that sustainable though? Like with Luna 2.0, again, I don't really, the only reason I bought Luna 2.0 out of $1.50 was to obviously get the 5x, which happened already. But like, is that, is this Luna Classic, is it sustainable to keep it at a 4 billion market cap or 10 million market cap? Because like you said, you need a repeg. And what are the chances of USTC repegging? Right? Yeah, I mean, there are like 10 different, I think what's going to happen is there was this interest in Lunk. And I think people are going to realize that, hey, you know, if we just like, if we just focus on Lunk, okay, it can pump to a massive amount maybe, but at the same time, it's a little bit precarious. And I think people are going to start to realize maybe terror rebels and stuff will start to educate them that, that probably USTC is the thing people should focus on. Because yeah, exactly. if, if you fix USTC, then you automatically create a lot of value in Lunk, right? It, it's the key to repairing the ecosystem. We, we basically, what we want to do in order for, for Lunk to thrive long-term as a blockchain, is you need to create genuine economic activity, right? People, mm -hmm. people doing stuff with their rewards. You need to create ways for the validators to be funded, and you need to create ways to, to fund a community pool that people can apply to and maybe build new stuff. 
but but like the the biggest source of building would be repairing the existing apps and to repair the existing apps to make them functional to have a solid store of value in the ecosystem it's it's best to repeg or recollateralize USTC so that's like the key and by doing that you make lunk immensely valuable so um i think when rebels put forward a, a good proposal and there's a lot of competing ones now about USTC and they say you know our intention is to to get this back to peg to get this back to $1 and that's going to help an immense, like it's going to help an immense amount, and probably help the ecosystem as a whole an immense amount. I think people are just going to suddenly start buying it, and it's just going to go, it's going to skyrocket up to one dollar, in my opinion, because they'll expect it to reach one dollar, given the proposal and given the plan and given how important it is. So they'll be looking to like arb the gap between the current price and one dollar. So I think it's going to all shift from like Lunk to USTC. Just my theory. Um, and I think if we can do that successfully, if we can get back to $1 and fix this, then it's like we have a big future. No, I totally agree. And, and like, that's the thing that I was saying is that the, the community, instead of focusing on like trying to get out um, like tax burn or stuff like on-chain burning, because on-chain burning, that's automatic for any alt you buy, you pay a fee and it's, it's technically a burn. Like off-chain burn, I don't think we're going to get that at all. So it's like, instead of focusing on like, you know, misleading people or trying to make this into a meme coin because right now, to be honest, it just seems like a meme coin. Everyone's buying it. You know, it's going to go up 100x or whatever. We should be focusing on USDC and how you can actually repeg that because, like you said, get USDC back up to peg or near peg. Luxie is going to explode anyways. It's just mm-hmm. a buy where I would Where I would disagree with this. Oh, by the way, you have like an extreme amount of like... Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's like in your room. Guys are rough. Almost is nobody better, can hear you. Is it better <laughs> but, is it better now? That's fine. Yeah, much better. Okay. Well, yeah. So where, where I would disagree, uh, guys, is like, I think the meme thing is a good thing. Like you're bringing lots and lots of new users. Um, it's really, really hard to memeify something, right? So mm. you've got this burn thing. You've got the the crash. You have like this rising fire from the phoenix, phoenix from the ashes kind of a thing. So like all of that sh- stuff, like the story of it, right, is very difficult to replicate for other chains. You have a lot of people that are pre- supposedly building uh, like amazing things, but they have a hard time attracting anybody. No, I totally agree. And like I said, it's we're like an underdog right now, right? It's probably like the most hated chain. Everyone lost billions. People committed suicide. So it's like obviously the stuffers. It's against us, but that just means like the explosion will be that much better. But like we just need to focus on the right things, right? Because you know, I, like you said, meme coin. It's probably a good thing. You get the volume. But like it's not sustainable, right? Wheels will buy. By the way, pe- people keep saying this that someone committed suicide. I still haven't yeah, seen, I haven't any seen that direct too. It's just you know the evidence of this. Guy. It sounds like nonsense. Yeah, yeah. where you it have is to be a fucking idiot to yeah, call yourself is, right he over. <laughs> you probably yeah. So. Well, it's like like um causation, right? Yeah. Like okay, you might have killed yourself after losing money in Luna, but did you kill yourself because of yeah, Luna? Yeah, no, yeah. you you probably made really stupid decisions, and you're probably depressed anyway, and you're probably one of a few, and also. Probably every bear market, when any cryptocurrency yeah, like Bitcoin goes down, people are liquidated. People kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like probably in the last um, in the last six months, probably like a hundred x people have killed themselves because they got liquidated on Bitcoin positions than they ever did on Luna. I agree. That guy, like the Fat Man guy, he probably opens a short position after every tweet. So you know, I'm not concerned about him. But when Bitcoin crashed, I tried to kill myself, but. My veins were too thick for the razor blade to pierce it, so it sort of bounced off. Yeah, you you said that before. You said you have skin that's like rubber that you can't cut. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. I Wait, mean, my is parents. This a true story? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I had really darker oh, thoughts. Sorry. But to be honest, it was kind of my own fault because I took out a loan and sold like I sold my mum's wedding ring. <laughs> no, okay, I'm joking. I didn't do that, but I did try and kill myself when Bitcoin no, crashed. Okay. But I didn't. So, that's yeah. Zara. You're not an idiot. That's why. Yeah. And the veins. I think it's easier said than done, though. Like, if, if if you became stupid enough to put everything in and then you lose everything, it's not easy, right? It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not trust me. I've been in, like, like, same thing with, like, gambling addicts, right? When they lose everything, if you're not a gambling addict, you won't understand exactly what they grow through. So it's about responsibility, right? Though. Like, yeah. it's not. A lot of people are suicidal and, and, you know, mental health issues are a massive thing. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of people here have experienced that and, and being maybe at the edge of despair and that's fine. But like, don't, don't imagine that it's caused by something outside of yourself. I agree. I agree. But like, I'm kind of so sick and honest. tired of people killing them, try attempting to kill themselves. I'm just tired of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of lame. I mean, like, no. you know, that's why I survived. I realized what I was doing was loser behavior. Then I went and got a job. I don't think you're sick and tired of it. Sefi. you're sick and tired of them not doing a good job. Well, it adds more workload for me, right? Like if you either you do it or you don't do it, but like all this middle ground shit, it's a lot of work for everybody. I don't know. Mm. One time I tried to do it by just swallowing like thumbtacks, thinking like, okay, maybe one will get lodged in like, you know, my stomach or my gut and like I'll die of sepsis, whatever. So I swallowed like a whole box of them, like 200 thumbtacks. And then I just pooped them all out and no problems. I was waiting to die, but it didn't happen. What are that? What thumbtacks was that? thumbtacks like uh pins for like cork boards oh i didn't know they were called that i think it might be an american thing maybe cool. did it scratch up your anal canal or what nope nope none of it just came straight out and it was really crazy because they sort of came out like polished as well i think maybe the stomach acid and stuff sort of cleaned them up a bit mm-hmm. but yeah then i made a business selling them and i've been doing that ever since Is yeah if so- anyone wants a thumbtack that's come out of uh, zara's butthole right there is a website for that. You can order them. Is it like well, when you I just a coin inside like a Coca-Cola and it really cleans it well when you take it out? Like, is that the kind of effect when it goes through your digestive system then comes out? Yeah, I mean, I've got really powerful organs, just generally speaking. Like, I can kind of drink or eat anything and it will either give me an advantage or it will just pass straight out of me. And I think I sort of take some of the brass coating off the thumbtacks and um i don't know i feel like i think better when i eat thumbtacks i don't know why maybe it's psychological but i don't know maybe sefi mm-hmm. could provide some insight into this as a doctor i think there's a level of hormesis there right like like we were talking about cold versus hot water thermogenesis and we we're talking about breathing exercises um I, I think anything that provides a mild hormetic effect even the laceration of the digestive system with these thumbtacks I, I think can be a positive thing. So long as you don't tilt to the right of that hormesis mm-hmm. curve and provide too much of an overstimulation. So long as you, you sit in the middle, right at that peak of the hormesis curve, you know, you don't want to have a, a shower that's like horrendously cold, like the Arctic. You want to have it just a, a little bit colder, enough to provide this stimulus, this hormetic stimulus um, that your body rebounds back from to become more and more resilient. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Ryan, what's the worst thing you've like swallowed uh, repeatedly uh, in order to see if you could survive? (laughs) 
I was just coming up and uh, you're asking me what's the worst thing that I've swallowed. Yeah, like, maybe, have you, like, swallowed anything that would kill you? Like, maybe, like, do you tend to, like, see what can make it all the way from your mouth to your anus and, like, you can maybe wash it off and put it on the shelf, like, yeah. saying that, like, I, I, it made it through me, right? It made it through. So, yeah, so near where I lived is quite rich in uranium deposits. So sometimes me and the family go out and, uh, you know, we dig and we find some uranium and uh, eat it and we see who will survive the night. And, uh, yeah, I'm unscathed so far. So, so, you're, so you're saying that maybe like radiation poisoning is one of the reasons why you buy this Luna Classic coin? Is possible. Hmm. Yeah, there's some there's some confusion like that. Uh, maybe uh, like a meme coin status is a bad idea. What What's your take on this? A meme coin what? Yeah, like Luna Classic, right? Like, like you know like... how yeah you know how these people are like oh you shouldn't talk about like funny shit and sex and I don't know what. Uh, but we're, our, the point we're trying to make is that that's the whole reason why people buy the coin, right? I mean, I'm, I must, um, yeah, I mean, the, the spaces that I've been listening to over the last few weeks are very different to the spaces from back in the day. I'm, you know, I, I know that uh, Coach is probably a, a lot happier with that because he, he got bored of listening to Nerd Chat 24-7. But, uh, no, yeah. no, it's the, it's the opposite, Ryan. I'm, I'm like, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think happened to Sefi? Like, I used to listen to his old spaces about prison protocol um, you know, about uh, Y Luna and P Luna and stuff and C Luna. I used to listen to all of that stuff. And then I've I've entered these spaces and listened to him lately. And it's like he's become this weird, um, like weird humor guy, this this weird sexual guy. I, I, I don't really understand what's happened. And I'm worried about him. I wondered if you, if you realized, like, has he had some kind of schizophrenic break or something? What's going on with him, Ryan? Yeah, I, th- I think I think we've all we've all dealt with things in, in our own way, right? So you know, I I just kind of went quiet for a, a while and just starting to get my mojo back a little bit and uh, get Seppi, you know, just change the subject. I mean, I occasionally would go on like massive rants about like AI taking over the world or, you know, things like that. And he's just he's just sort of like made the rotation. Like he used to talk a lot about when he was like on some forum with Voyager people and they have chats there i'd imagine like he's just gone back to his roots i think that's what he did to attract everyone into voyager mm. hi uh can you guys uh answer me to a question uh i just saw a new uh some people are talking about abc and how this can affect lunacy price uh can you can you guys explain to me what abc is and how can that affect the lunar price? I would say that probably the most obvious thing to do about Luna Classic, right? It's a good idea not to upset me. Because what you don't want to have happen is me selling, right? That would be a mistake. So besides mm-hmm. that, like, I think the rest of the concerns about prices up and down, I wouldn't worry about them too much, right? Like, uh, there's all sorts of things that can make it go up and down. Okay, uh, but... Can you explain to me what ABC is and why people are hyping this? Is it like what? What's ABC? Uh, a news just dropped, I think, uh, 15 minutes ago, and people are like hyping. 
Some people are. Can you saying, can you post it at the top of the space here? Do you know how to do that? Is he, I, is he, is he talking about IBC? IBC. I, I think it's IBC, yeah. not ABCs. Yes. ABCs is Thank your you. alphabet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, IBC. Yes, IBC. Thank you. I understand that some of the lunk holders may have just learned about the alphabet, um, so they may be getting excited about that. But it could also be IBC. Does it, when, Seth, you should cover both specifically. Okay, so maybe if someone can find what he's talking about and post it up top, so I can kind of like see what in the world we're talking about. Someone re-enable IBC. And IBC. Yeah, somebody probably discovered IBC for real. And, you know, what's needed with the cosmos and, I don't know, went on a rant or some shit. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't see anything specific here. No, me neither. Uh, this like, has been like an ongoing thing. Um, so so when the when the hyperinflation, when the minting of tokens happened and the, and the crash happened, IBC was shut down um, in order to, I don't know, prevent some kind of ripple effect or something <laughs> or more things being fucked over. The, the chain was, de- let me just allow Tundra to speak. Yeah, it, it was just shut down um, and it's been shut down since. But the issue is that, that people have Lunk and USTC on Osmosis on other Cosmos chains. And also I think there's stuff stuck in the opposite direction as well. So to open it oh, up. Oh, I see the post. Bruce, I found the post. So what is it? basically someone said something along the order of, it looks like uh, there's going to be an attempt to re-enable uh, IBC, inter-blockchain communication, bef- between now and the end of the year. And, um, you know, as opposed to maybe something like a mid-2023. No, so not- there's, there's some buzz going around, I guess, that like maybe the development teams will be able to put things back together, like put Humpty Dumpty back yeah. together again. And was- um, so we'll see what happens, yeah. That was like well known um, because originally they were talking about 2023, but that was only because there was one dev. And then I think Jacob from Osmosis, the the guy who puts like stickers on his nipples and stuff, is now helping. And I also think that Osmosis is, is funding um, a, a team to help or something like that. There's there's money involved because there's incentives. But Bruce, Bruce, what do you feel about this idea that like someone who's a serious developer on Cosmos would put stickers all over his nipples and take pictures of himself? You think that would cause the price to go down? Yeah, I think that's why Osmosis has never had any traction. I think it's why it's a failure. Mm, that's the reason why. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. So yeah, the IBC component, uh, G... Uh, yeah, it's it, we're well aware. Actually, we've been talking in the background with people about this. Like, I've been talking to Jacob about it. I've been talking to people in the background, trying to connect the right people together. Um, and yeah, so th- this is a this is definitely an effort going on in the background. Maybe Little D has some commentary uh, or questions. And what about peanuts? Uh, do we already have something about the one that two percent bird of peanuts? Binance. Uh, Binance is investigating it. Uh, Django Unchained, who mm-hmm. sh- she has a YouTube channel called uh, Interchain FM. She's going to be talking with, I believe, Dr. Kim, the Terror Rebels, and she's going to be talking with uh, the like uh, some of the people from Binance on her channel on September 22nd. So if you haven't subscribed to her channel, please do so. Um, she originally asked me to talk on the channel, but I said, like, maybe I'll hook you up with the people that are directly involved with building this. So mm-hmm. she's talking with the guys and they're going to try to make an appearance on her YouTube channel and sort of work that out. 
Um, I kind of mostly just stirred the pot and irritated the people at Binance for the most part, just so they kind of like pay attention. And that's the same thing like LunkDAO has done. And the goal is basically to kind of get them to the table to talk about different options, see what's best for the Luna Classic community and whatever. So um, yeah, we're trying to just help you guys out and um, you know, hopefully like, you know, welcome lots of new people in the Luna Classic community to like just the cosmos in general, like just to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, can I ask Lancy that question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always see your tweets of Arun. <laughs> What's with you and Arun? Uh, it's, uh, I've made a lot of money on it, so I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I invested millions in yeah. the past, but now it's yeah. dead. You think so? Yeah, but, but being dead doesn't mean anything because Lunk was dead, but that did amazing. Yeah, as soon as, soon as Bruce posted that it was dead, I went and bought some. <laughs> I bought some too. Yeah. Like as soon as I realized it was dead, I bought a load of. Because it's not a good support right now. It's like a crazy good support. Say it again. I missed it's that. It's not a crazy good support right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's every- a difference between what people say and what people do, right? Yeah. Uh, there's this idea that somehow, like, you know, just because you say, like, well, maybe the price is dead or some shit, that's not a good time to buy. That's two different yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. So, like, it, he didn't say, like, Lunkdown didn't come on and say, okay, don't buy Rune, right? That's not no, what he said. No, no, so no, you, I just, want, you have to. I just watch thought the he words. knew something about the project or something. No, it, it's it's dead. It is dead. Yeah. <laughs> I just bought a load because of that. Like, <laughs> like you know, the the the reason to buy the, the the best time to buy Lunk was after the chain was halted and it was maximally dead. Yeah. Because the more dead it is, the more of an upside. And Rune is completely fucking dead because like the the team are losers. Um, everyone has sold except the team. So any small change in sentiment, any mm-hmm. any small buying pressure will pump it a lot. So I, I just put it on because it's dead. Okay. No, I agree. And and I, I learned my lesson with Lunk with Luna, like when the whole crash happened, I missed out on twenty million in three days. And I kid you not, because I bought a thousand dollars worth at like six zeros and then eight five. So that turned into a hundred grand after two days on the Saturday when it pumped up like hundred mm. X, I think. And I had 200k in my KuCoin account, so <laughs> that was like a 20 mil mistake. But um, you had 200 in your, in your uh, account. Sorry, you had 200 coins in your account. No, no, no, no, 200,000 USDT, and I only bought a thousand dollars worth. What? Yeah. So are you serious? Good time. Yep. No. Yeah, because that's when things myself. are dead. That's when, because when things are dead, that's when you're supposed to be jumping in if you believe it, yeah. right? Like. Not yeah. like his people when that chase after people that post. Like, oh, when look the at, crash happened. Look at now, right? Like, look, look at what happened with Lunk. So, um, Do Kwon stole uh, seventy billion dollars, maybe more. Like seventy billion is, is yeah, only a, he's he's he knows issue. about. Can you meet yourself, man? Um, seventy billion is only the amount we know that he stole personally, and he's spending himself. Like, but he could have easily stolen more through shell companies and stuff. But when he stole it, and the price of Lunk went down to one hundred fifty million. Um, that was the time to buy. At, at the at the peak of maximum fear was where there was the most upside. And it's the same with Rune now. Like Rune is completely dead. The, the team are a horrific constellation of beta males. Um, nobody likes them, especially that guy, Familiar Cow. He's an awful piece of insect work. Um, like he, he's a little cockroach who should be um, squished under my foot. But that's the reason I bought so much. Like I bought a few hundred K yesterday um, because he's such a vermin. Um, yeah. I, I think I, uh, for example. Uh, yeah, we can't hear you very well, uh, uh, Moonrise, because you've got like your speakers up too loud or something. There's a lot of echo back there. But um, like, take for example, right? 
if you go back on my um if you go back on my timeline or something and you like find like posts i've produced like on either like i posted on luna classic or maybe like luna or even uh for that matter like adam right like i specifically specifically posted like on the way down and you know how many people ask questions like or maybe said oh i bought some today nobody fucking buys it on the way down so that's why like <laughs> it's easy to get rich doing this because like the price is able yeah. to go down and the volatility is beautiful and you can buy it low right so the, but when it's going down everyone's depressed and crying and like doing all sorts of bullshit and then i'm sort of sort of figuring out how to get more if i can so like for example i think i th talked about adam when it was like five six seven bucks somewhere in that range and now it's like 16 plus at this moment and uh so i'm doing well and on top of that it's like got a 19 percent yield right so like when i buy it at like seven eight nine dollars and the yield is 19 percent, so like the yield actually compared to what i paid for it is like more like uh maybe 40 percent, right so that makes a huge difference you have to like pay attention to these things when they're going down like you can't be like kind of only following uh things when they're going up because then you'll be late that's just how it works tundra what's up what's up guys um interesting take on ruined uh lunk dow i think that could be it could be a play um mm -hmm. i'm i'm watching I'll have to admit i bought some already tundra so just yeah you're gonna pump my bags here you know i bought it at 1.68 the reason is it's completely fucking dead and there's no sense. there's no narrative the the team are like awful cockroaches um as whenever i've joked about rune on on like twitter they've all blocked me and stuff um and sent me weird messages and, and like being all like weird and p possessive and controlling i sent in the lunkdow chat did you see that thing like familiar cow like i joked once about having the thor fire pdf um because they'd released it to like a closed yeah. discord i joked yeah. about how, and then he was like spamming me down my throat saying no no don't release the pdf you must convert it to a jpeg because pdfs are, are compromised and they're full of trojan horses and stuff so it's like this this freak was messaging me for a long time like like yeah so it's dead it's completely fucking dead like with that guy yeah. so you have yeah. to buy right the one bullish thing they have for them is the thorchain bull guy i like him i think he's smart um i think that he's he's a good advocate to have on your side hmm. yeah he, he never talks about Rune, I have some money uh, staked with them. He, I think he he does sometimes, but yeah, it's. I think he's mostly sidelined right now. Unlike me, absolutely getting dumped on. Um, appreciate everybody selling their coins on top of me, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I guess. But but yeah, everyone buy rune. It's dead. Like yeah, when a coin is dead, there's the thing is there's no downside. It's already dead. Like, like you want to buy dead coins. This is what you want to do. You want so, to buy dead coins sooner than anyone else does. So have you have you looked into ApeCoin at all? Lunk yeah, three hundred k ape, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, holy fuck, dude, that's a lot. That is so much. You know um, what? I bought it because you said in the chat the other day it's like bullish, and I saw that fucking that that post you made of like mm -hmm. your whiteboard. And all the calculations and stuff. Yeah, dude, I've done a lot of math on it. I mean, if the market could just stop nuking, then we could, you know, we could set up well. It's the thing is, like, apes, oh, man, I don't even know. Like, they're they're not DeFi people. They're not, like, crypto people. They're NFT people. And so they're going to see 400% APY staking on these NFTs that have been sitting in their wallets for over a year doing mm -hmm. jack shit. And they're going to go, wait, what do I need? I need to buy this. <laughs> what what's that? 
Now I was saying 80k uh, APY on eight a year. Yeah, <laughs> it's I don't know about 80k, but it'll be a lot. And I think that I think in general, um, the NFT people are degenerates, and they'll they'll uh, they'll go well, okay. Tell me what I need to do. Oh, I need to buy ApeCoin. Oh, okay, I'll buy ApeCoin. And uh, yeah, there's like a shit ton of people that don't have enough ApeCoin for Ape staking, but. Um, I came up here to ask you guys about Cosmos because wait, wait, wait. I know that. Can I ask a question? So yeah, what's, yeah. The, what's the difference between? So you said not enough people have ApeCoin for ape staking, mm-hmm. so therefore holders are incentivized to buy it when staking is released. But what's like the what's the deficit of ApeCoin currently? Assuming million ape okay. ApeCoin, yeah. Um, so that's like, uh, well like half a billion, like $500 million. Um, yeah. Another thing to keep in mind is there is this unlock on Saturday. It's like 30 million ape coin, ape, ape token unlock. I think it's a horrible time for those people to sell generally. So, um, it's just, I, I don't think they will sell, but, uh, that I think a lot of people that are in the know are waiting for that to see if it'll be a bullish unlock, um, or if people will dump, and uh but if they don't dump like everybody's waiting for the last minute that's the thing like people are yeah, yeah that's fine this is human nature um well currently then, i think you're you're asking this tundra like currently like if you just look at overall i think the most credible and simple straightforward like maybe 3x in the market is a return of adam to its top which i think with all the different ibc and all the other stories coming out as far as like interchain security and all that through January, I think it's the most obvious narrative in all of DeFi. It's why it's like ripping Ethereum to shreds as far as just like uh, its performance from the bottom since like 2022, I'm sorry, since 2020 even. So it's actually uh, outperforming Bitcoin, Ethereum, the works, right? And it continues to do so because I think like the more you talk to the teams and everything, the like the more interesting it looks. The other thing too is like if they reconnect IBC for Luna Classic, um, all of that liquidity, like all those like, cosmos gamblers right they're going to come and play everywhere so when you reconnect all of that what happens is is like these liquidity pools just pour money into these like really small uh, market cap coins and such like uh luna or whatever well, and it causes everything to moon like if you look at stargaze token for example it's, it's got some ridiculous like i don't know what the yield is right now 70 percent or some bullshit and it's just mooning too because the like atom liquidity just pours into everything in the cosmos yeah um, I do. I, I'm happy to answer any questions about ApeCoin. I've done my thesis there is pretty deep. I've done a lot of research on it, but uh, I came up because I wanted to ask about Cosmos and Ryan and I were actually talking a little bit about where where there might be opportunity to build something cool, something innovative, um, or just or just a demand or a need for for um, something to be built. And we talked a little bit about like uh, forking Anchor you know, some type of, some type of like fork of anchor, but instead of with like Ponzi nomic anchor emissions, just a normal money market type thing with low, low yield, at least in the bear bear market, but um, some type of stable yield. And, uh, but, but yeah, I'm just curious, like um, if you guys have any other ideas or, or any particular areas of interest, like I know say, I know what Grover is working on with say uh, is pretty cool. Um, I think Kujira is is interesting. I don't know, I don't know the extent at which Kujira is looking to bring on like teams to help build things out. I think what I'm tr- 
kind of gathering from them is they're looking to build a lot of it in-house, a lot of their their um, application stack in-house, which is interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like where do you guys see the biggest opportunities in Cosmos being um, for, for yeah. teams that are considering think, building uh, things? I think the, the sort of like uh, interesting places right now um, – like Juno has a lot of vibrant activity going on. Uh, who else? Um, like the uh, Terra V2 has actually a fair amount of stuff going on. So, I, in fact, I've got to um, hop off later and like do a review of all of the projects that are building and like because they're getting community funds and shit like that coming to them. Uh, so I've got to do that. And then like uh, what else? Um, I think Say looks interesting because of its order book concept. We'll see how successful they are in sort of implementing all of that. Um, I think Celestia um, is being built by a lot of smart people, so I'm going to keep my eye on that. Um, those are some of the big things uh, emerging, kind of. Uh, I think the um, from a pure like so from a building perspective, obviously you want to be on a smart contract chain. Um, right now, like Cosmos Hub is not that; it's more of just like a asset that I hold um, in in, in the, with the idea that I think it's going to be a reasonable like credible um sort of interchain coin that everyone's going to use um but uh yeah there's there's quite a few different uh smart contract chains out there um yeah is there is it like something like an anchor that you'd want to build is it something like um um, um so another thing that needs to arrive though in my opinion i think uh one thing to watch for very carefully is ultimately like does uh circle corporation actually create an actual cosmos chain or do they work to create a cosmos native usdc um i think a big development would be is if a cosmos native usdc not some sort of bridge thing not like an axelar thing but like a pure um like release on cosmos where you don't have all the bridge risks and bullshit and you can like uh have liquidity um and remittances like on places like coinbase and other big exchanges i think whatever uh when that happens i think it'll be a little bit more safe and a little bit more stable to build on cosmos as well and um, i think ethereum has gotten most attention from like tether and uh companies like circle from a centralized stablecoin perspective but at this point like i think that's going to be the next sort of uh growth driver so, so yep. I, I want to hear Lunk Dow's. Oh, I see Grover. What's up, sure. Grover? Uh, I was just going to say, it seems like a fair bet that USDC is coming to Cosmos. Um, the the thing, so Tundra, I've noticed about you is that you, you're really, really fascinated with NFTs. And to me, Cosmos, like the NFT scene here is woefully, I don't know, it's just, I, I can't even think of three good, like decent NFT projects that people are excited about on Cosmos. Um, so I think, like, considering your your passion, your interest in NFTs, like a pseudo swap, like Cosmos needs some kind of a pseudo swap equivalent, or I mean, you, why not? Why not? I mean, you could wait for interchange security, and you could you could spin up an NFT chain. You could, or you could. I mean, it's not that hard, honestly. I think if you said, "Hey, we're starting a chain," here's the narrative, um, you know, and you just roll out something like a Juno or a Terra 2, just, you know, quite a vanilla chain, doesn't have to be anything special. You, you, would, you would immediately get a lot of validators come and say, hey, where's the testnet, man? 
I, I honestly don't think it'd be that hard. So, I mean, that's, the, um, that's my two the, cents. There are already like a couple of NFT chains, right? There's like Stargaze. There's like, yeah. is it Asset Mantle as well? I yeah, I'm like Yeah, and like... Hey, do we put our hand up or is, is it... Is, you can just pick whenever oh, you want. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, sir. Thank uh, you. So, um, I know when people are choosing a coin, right? A particular coin. Um, they they choose that particular coin for a for the wrong reasons, and this is why people buy the hype. Okay, um, uh, Moonrise, like I think you're yeah, derailing the I, conversation I, here I, a little I, bit. I, I, Let's I get back to what we're talking about. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to. Like three people are talking at once, so I can't hear one person. Yeah, I yeah. think that's some audio issues on your end, but I I, I kind of wanted to hear what it's Ryan not was audio, saying. It's not audio issues. It's three people talking at once, and I can't hear one person speak. No, so Moonrise right, does this all the time. Um, let's, uh, what, Ryan, what were you saying there? <laughs> yeah, I had my just... hand up. I had my hand up. What do you want to say there, Moonrise? What, didn't you finish speaking? No, I wasn't speaking. I wasn't finished speaking. Go ahead, finish then. All right, thank you. Um, I was just talking about how people buy the hype um, and how people buy coins for wrong reasons. Um, and they, they buy the, a particular coin because it sounds good. Um, it sounds good in the conversation, um, you know, the tokenomics of it and just, the, you know, the complexity of a token. Once that's finished and everything, you know, once the, you know, that thing has gone, right? They've left the token, they've sold it, you know, they've, you know, they no, no longer like it because they bought one, they bought it for the wrong reasons. Um, and two, um, if when you, when you buy a token, you should buy a token based on the functionality of the token. Um, the yeah, functionality- great, great points. Uh, okay, so Tundra, yeah, go ahead, sorry. What were you saying? Oops. Yeah. Um, well, I was kind of wanting to hear from Ryan what what Ryan was saying. Yeah. No, I was just building on what uh, what Grove was saying around NFTs. I actually nearly said this to you when we were chatting the other day, um, because I know you kind of looking around for something something to build, but you know maybe lacking a bit of inspiration. But there there seem to be you know already some NFT chains like i don't know if they're good or not um but i think as grover said it's we're definitely lacking some like premium premium nft projects um you know obviously there's a couple that are still lurking around on terror you've got the punks and uh, i think skeleton punks are doing okay i haven't done much research into what else is going there's a couple on stargaze that are that are relatively high for compared to the rest of the cosmos but there's definitely there's definitely some room for for you to potentially bring some sort of premium nft project that that goes beyond you know i see you talking around you know are you just buying it for the art are you buying it for you know are you buying it as a an investment um to make you know and there's obviously you're talking a lot around eight coin around you know a coin paired with an nft project so there's definitely some stuff that you could do there i don't know yeah. if you thought much about yeah. it i i um well, i appreciate that and i definitely do have a like strong interest slash passion for um for nfts i don't even know 
No, I think that's I think that's fair to say. I think there's a lot of potential with with NFTs. Um, but I mean, you guys know, like DeFi, DeFi is was the reason I got into crypto. I mean, Terra was the reason that I got into crypto, and it didn't have anything to do with NFTs. Um, and uh, so I I I'm still like. I'm still passionate about DeFi, but I think it's going to evolve. And, and lately I've been, I've been having some of my interests like rekindled, I guess, by this GMX platform. I'm like really fascinated by it. I think they're going to have like a lot of potential regulatory headwinds. Um, like I, I think people are going to want to control like a decentralized perpetual exchange market, especially because I think there are centralized components of it. Um, but like for now, the fact that they push hundred percent of their revenue out to token holders. It's like, it's kind of amazing. It's almost like if FTX pushed a hundred percent of its profits back to like to FTT token or two tokens. And, um, and that's pretty amazing. And they, they have, they, there's a token, uh, that GMX, the platform offers is called GLP. And, um, that's essentially like the liquidity that traders trade against. And so, um, as a GLP provider, you're you're essentially the house, and uh, you're betting against the traders that are that are um, opening longs and shorts on the GMX platform. And the reason that's really interesting is because it's relatively stable in value. It's the the actual makeup of GLP is about fifty percent stable coins and and fifty percent uh, a combination of ETH, Bitcoin, Uniswap, and Link. Um. And it's spitting out like 30%. Uh, it, the APY fluctuates, but it's currently spitting out about 30% uh, APY um, yield that's completely coming from protocol fees. There's no token emissions that's going into that. And the actual price of GLP is relatively um, stable uh, for reasons I won't dive into right now. But um, that's really cool. That's happening on, on Arbitrum, which if, of course is a layer two uh, built on top of Ethereum. And so lately I've been thinking like, um, you know, that's a really cool yield, a yield source. Uh, people aren't really familiar or comfortable with Arbitrum. Um, and that's a lot of yield to take and do interesting, potentially interesting things with. So maybe there's a room or need for, for something, you know, because Anchor, oh, the reason Terra got so big is because of Anchor. And the reason people liked Anchor is because there was a 20% stable yield and people flocked in to, to earn that yield. Um, but this GMX platform is somewhere else, right? It's not in Cosmos, it's on Arbitrum. But, uh, but it has really good yield for not very much price volatility. Um, so is there, applications that could be built on cosmos that could leverage that or in the future right if say um if uh say uh works um i think they're you know because we'll say have a glp type mechanic to it grover i don't know in the future maybe there's some cosmos native stuff that could be done there so uh i know that levana are building a, a gmx style like an amm based yeah. platform as well Okay. Um, I don't know how exactly how how similar. I think it's going to be pretty similar. <coughs> Gmx uh, vortex is going to be like peer to peer um, rather than peer to pool. So not using AMMs, using the order book, um, and so that's slightly different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's 
I mean, you know, we're still building it out. And I've also had half a bottle of red wine, so I won't be that's able okay. to give a very good pitch. Yep. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. The, Wait, the, reason, the reason I was thinking... Hold on, hold on, Ryan. There are like two, two and a half thousand people in this space. How's that happen? What? It's the return. Of... <laughs> oh, okay. What the uh, Vortex Protocol is a very exciting protocol coming Whoa, to Cosmos dude. soon. Everyone should come and get involved oh, in the test net. Bots. Please visit my profile uh, and have a look they're at the, the link there. Thank you. Seriously, there's somebody famous. Follow me, guys. Follow me. I love you all. Follow me. Oh my god, dude! What the is fuck? Is famous in here or what? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank okay, you. Thanks, thank you. JK. Um, now so, we're extremely VIP people. We're very important people. Um, we are. This is a very important panel. Go on, Ryan. So the reason I was thinking about, um, I was talking to you about, like, I, why why isn't anyone fought an anchor style product on Cosmos? Like, there's a couple of things you mentioned. Firstly, that it was insanely popular. Um, but secondly, because um, there's you know extremely high yield available across uh, across like Cosmos chains, um, and then there's also like this liquid staking derivative race that's happening between I think Stride and Quicksilver, maybe some others as well. So I think I've already saw like two or three Juno um, liquid staking derivatives pop up. So like I don't see any reason why you couldn't have. Like a like a like a borrow market where the yield goes to paying the earners, like in the same way that Anchor was functioning, um, but with like a variable yield based on based on the income that's generated from the borrow side. Yeah, there's some interesting things that uh, like Jonathan uh, was talking about from Lavanda too, for example. Um, uh, like once you ha- once you use remember liquid staking tokens, like sort of like Prism did, or for example. Um, like quick quicksilver's doing you can actually create like options um contracts not using the native token but using the the liquid stake token so now you get the benefit of the liquid staking you get the yield generation that's you know compounding into the coin value but then you simultaneously can do like an options contract so ultimately what that entails is you're sort of getting paid to put a limit order, which is kind of interesting. Um, so I, I think you can get almost like double or triple reward kind of ideas with some of these things. So that's t- that sort of thing is really, really popular, that extreme capital efficiency. Sefi, since you've been talking, 2,000 people have left. We were at 2,300, oh. now 1,300. So look what you've Jesus. done. You've got to keep mm. the like you, you went You went full fucking nerdy. I don't know why. No, you, no, Maybe up. people came for the lunk burn narrative. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh, it's back to 200. What There's, the hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your top 10, we lost like uh, 500, that, man. <laughs> well, that's that, funny shit. What just happened? We just lost so 2,100 listeners. Did, all did somebody pay them. a bot to like jump in here for like 10 <laughs> seconds and then Not leave? Like that. It's, it's the, the, it was being fun and then Sefi spoke and it was unfun. So people just feel the vibe and they fucking leave. <laughs> you got to like... Be very. You've got to be a curator of the vibe, a director of the vibe. The vibe changes, the vibe shifts, it becomes a bad vibe space, and they fucking leave. Yeah. Um, so for you to sorry. Um, sorry if that was on me. But uh, there's another thing that I found really interesting on, I've, I'm like giving away some alpha here, but there's this thing on Arbitrum called Plutus Dow. 
and it looks like a shit DAO, like a DAO that is going to zero, like all the DAOs go to zero. But um, Plutus has accumulated like a, a majority of the DPX token, DOPEX, which is an options protocol on Ethereum that hasn't gotten a ton of traction, but it's like the premier options protocol. <clears throat> um, and this DAO has, uh, has they, they have a VE tokenomic design. And so it's like convex, right? That, that's what this um, Plutus DAO thing is. And they've managed to accumulate like majority uh, or close to majority of the DPX token um, and issue like a liquid stake derivative of it, essentially. Um, and uh, but but the the DAO, what makes it interesting is they're actually also accumulating like the GMX token, which is the governance token for the GMX platform. And all of like the major Arbitrum protocols, the Plutus DAO is like gobbling up or like offering incentives to gobble up um, these governance tokens. And so like if you kind of think about that, like in the future, this Plutus DAO thing could have like a, a giant say um, in the protocol governance, which is kind of a meme a little bit. But at the same time, like kind of at the same time, it's not really a meme. Um, and there is cash flow that's being produced uh, for them. So anyway, how that relates to Cosmos was I'm thinking like, is there enough VE to tokenomic type things being built on Cosmos to where a Plutus DAO type of um, model would make sense? But yeah, I think it's true. I think it's like it's like missing some killer apps. Like that's that's my view of Cosmos. I, yeah, I, I think it feels like it, yep. I think I said to you like it feels like sort of terror sort of 12 18 months ago where you've got an airdrop narrative that's mm. really really strong but they're actually delivering on on that you know with all these new chains that are dropping to atom stakers osmo stakers juno stakers um but you but there's but you know there's there's amms and, and dexes that are knocking around and seems to be like this order book race mm -hmm. um but there's but there's I don't see any like really killer apps and, and, yeah. and tokenomics wise, like everything seems really inflationary, which is, which is kind of worrying. Um, yeah. And so yeah, like, I think it's, too. I think it's going to be maturing. Like it seems like there's so much building going yeah. on. Like against like sort of like similar to like terror autumn vibes. Um, hopefully there'll be some sort of killer apps with good tokenomics that, that bring, that come to the fore that will like open the opportunity. Yeah. Um, the main thing that Cosmos is missing is liquidity um, pretty much across the board. And then, so I'm looking ahead and thinking when DYDX pops over, they're going to bring a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. um, so okay. that's going to be like some napalm, you know, that's just going to set things off. That's what I'm hoping. Yep. Yeah. And when is, can you give us some, what, what, what's the stat, what's happening with all that? I haven't, the only thing I've heard recently with DYDX is this whole like, they want to like get your blood tested to see if you're actually like they they, they want a lot of like um informate personal information what's the what's the latest with the UIDX and their move to to cosmos yeah they did uh they did an update recently and um i think they're targeting q3 next year uh to launch the chain so it's a, it's a little way off um which oh is damn so that's like a full year from now yeah and uh okay. they published their they like they've run some some tests on their chain um and they're like they've got this off-chain in like order matching engine which is supposed to make things faster but it's um 
the chain is not performing particularly well and it was incredibly confusing like, why have you published this stuff um but so they're working on this and yeah it's going to be a while um but it's good because they're lobbying like circle um all these people to sort of bring their their shit over to cosmos so um they're doing a lot of good stuff on that front i think um so it's, it's good it's, it's it's like a net positive for sure well that and there's just like elements where like what you can do with ibc just simply can't be done elsewhere so there's like it's retrofitting um you know like uh like trying to create an ibc type network would be like similar if we get large enough like give it a year or two it might make it difficult to compete like sort of like how the internet is the internet, right? It's on the TCP IP protocol, but like if you were to kind of create your own internet today, it'd be fairly difficult. Um, it'd, it'd be hard to get traction. So the key there is basically like the, the, the sort of like early growth vector for Cosmos and being kind of um, having an inter blockchain communication idea like Jake Juan came up with from the very beginning. Like he turned out to be right on a lot of things and it's hard to go backwards and um solve some of those problems for some some various chains so yeah but there's a lot of cool tech on uh ethereum there's a lot of cool tech on some of the layer twos there as well um it's just part of the thing tundra is like i think it's also hard for people to be on lots of different chains and especially hard time keeping up with what the hell's going on everywhere that's another problem so it's like it's uh it's easier to sort of like keep your stuff secure and be able to research when you're not jumping all over the place to some extent as well i don't know i I well yeah that's that's that's why that's why i think there could be something interesting with gmx and how um there's a real yield uh generation that's that's happening over there like and and there's serious capital involved i mean the glp token the liquidity pool that trades that traders trade against sudden gmx has almost $300 million in it. And uh, any given day, there's about um, 80 to $120 million in open interest uh, on the GMX platform in recent, and also in recent days, the protocol has generated over a million dollars in fees a day, per day. A million dollars in fees per day for a protocol is insane. And I do think that there could be um, like geo blocking type stuff or but yeah but still for now that that yield is crazy uh to to get access to that for pretty limited volatility within the glp token and so i'm thinking like could there be a way to sort of bring that to cosmos for people who are more familiar with cosmos more comfortable on cosmos um yeah you can you can connect uh like ethereum based shit via evmos i don't know if you've looked at evmos much so if you're talking about like recreating gmx on cosmos that's one thing yeah you're talking about like connecting gmx to cosmos that's a slightly different thing yeah i would be kind of talking more so the latter um because i don't think it's going to be easy to recreate gmx on cosmos uh although i think that it's possible um which is part of what say is working on but yeah you what's up I saw you just wave your hand. I wasn't sure if you were gonna say something. Yeah, but, Nollar, what's up? Not much. Good to hear GMX being brought up again. I don't know. I still I still have my worries with GMX. Like I have a bunch of money in there, but the thing that I can't get over is the separate pools for different networks. I don't know how they're gonna fix that. Um 
but it Why? also like adds a lot of challenges. So like you can't trade AVAX, for example, on mm-hmm. Arbitrum. Yeah. Um, and if you're putting in GLP on Avalanche, right, then you're heavily exposed relatively to AVAX price, right? I think that's one significant mm-hmm. challenge with like the GLP. Um, like I still think it's good. Wait, but, but why are you even over? Why are you even on Avalanche? Like, why not just I'm use not, Arbitrum? I'm not, but I'm using Arbitrum mainly because that's where all the the GLP, like the volume, is. Um, but I'm saying like that is a significant challenge that they're gonna face, and any token that they add until they add you know x4 and synthetics will mean like added price exposure to that and not another this is like really the big thing as far as like interchain accounts right like this is what makes cosmos the the ultra bullish case at this point like uh like where new chains can interconnect with each other and you have a representation a canonical representation of a coin in like uh like for example in a cd cw20 for example and can cross chains and have no big problems like the types that you're talking about um so i think that's kind of like that's the reason why like i've sort of moved away from worrying about all the rest of the things and just kind of like paying attention to one system that i can keep my eye on just because like unless other chains kind of come up with sort of like an ibc methodology or a interchain security or interchain accounts concept like to me it's like like that sh- the ship is basically sailing essentially as far as i'm concerned like yeah even kind of- even beyond that and and all right i want to ask you another question but even even beyond that i think there's something to be said about there's there definitely is a user base who's present on this call right now who's more much more comfortable and familiar with the kepler wallet being on um, being on on Cosmos, uh, interacting with apps on Cosmos, and so I think there's demand for the whole DeFi ecosystem because of that uh, on Cosmos. But but Noller, um, I think it's a good point that you're bringing up. Uh, but but the synthetics thing, like I think the goal is to have like separate GLP pools for the for whatever comes out with synthetics. Um, my bigger concern with GLP right now is there's no slippage for uh, buying or selling um, or sorry, there's no slippage for entering or closing your position on GMX. So if you're a huge whale and you close your super mega long um, at, you know, in, in, in the green, there's no slippage to do that. Whereas there is slippage on a centralized exchange and that, that opens the door for potentially um, some degree of like, price manipulation uh which could drain the glp pool and that's not to like cause panic or like spread fud but there's been a little bit of conversation around is the glp pool susceptible to uh an attack and i think the answer is like kind of i I do have some really breaking bad news uh the the the title of the space changed because bruce is falling asleep in the background because we're talking nerd shit (laughs) <laughs> oh, I mean, this. It, it, oh, fuck. I, I mean, Tundra, Tundra, you're right. Uh, I think everyone's accepted that. Um, and I think that's I why. I was wondering like, how long you put up with that. If you look at the relative well. positioning limits on all the tokens, they're significant. Been as well. It's been a while. Who else, Besides, all the women left too. Tundra, you scared all the women away. Yeah, I don't care. I'm listening to. Let's, Nala, I want to hear the rest of what you're saying. So I was just saying, like, their way of countering that is just limiting how much you can, like, short, for example. Or yeah, exactly, walk, exactly. Right? 
Yeah. Um, and yep. when you when you take the summation, like if you look on the stats page, right? Like you take the That's summation of, just made there as well. of long longs and shorts. Like when you think about it, the GLP token is able to hedge that pretty well. Yeah. Um, and there has been periods where like GLP has lost money. And yep. you take that because you'll have days like yesterday, people will lose yep. like three and a half million, yep. right? And that that's all it is. Yep. Um, and you just, the math will work out in your favor. The other concerning fact, there's actually two more concerns that I have. Number one is interest rate is extremely high. Um, I think something like Kujira can come in and say like, hey, you know, their flat interest rate is 5%. They pop the same what, thing. What interest rate? Uh, on their USK. No, I'm talking about for what what GMX interest rate is really high. Uh, for for margin. Oh, the funding rate is high. Yeah. Okay. Like ETH right now is at thirty eight percent, and BTC is at twenty percent. Yeah, I don't know what that is like in ter- in relative numbers, but um, I mean USD. I don't follow it. USDC is fifteen, and USDT is fifty four. Like the interest rates are not reasonable for like lar- large consumption. Um, but that should lower as GLP, like total GLP increases. But mm-hmm. then you're still already at like 320 million GLP. So it's kind of like, hey, does it like, is it ever going to get down to a reasonable level? So that's why I'm saying, right? Like you go, why would I, why do I currently long? I have like a long short strategy right now on FTX. Um, and I use FTX because they're dirt cheap, right? I'm paying like five or 10%. Um, and albeit they had like small issues, that's what pulls me towards using their platform. Um, and, you know, that's one major concern is interest rates. And the second one is like the ability for like mercenary capital essentially to come in and come out and put GMX in like an uncompetitive uncom- position, right? Like if someone's putting money in, pulling money out, um, that could, you know, damage their ability to hedge and make things a little more risky pull money in, pull money out. I don't know what you mean. And you're the second part. Could so, you expand on that? Let's say they continually for like a month, just pump more and more money into GLP. And then over the course of, you know, the next month, they just continually pull money out and pull out everything that they have. Right. Why would they do this? Because they want to move their money somewhere else. Some other, protocol has come out that makes more uh, profit for them in the short term, or they see a greater opportunity to it in the short term, mm-hmm. right? Like today, apparently, I'm not, I can't confirm this, but Tano was saying that someone made a $40 million uh, GLP ad, right? Yeah. Um, so if that one individual, and let's say it grows over time to where one person is providing like a third of the GLP, right? Mm-hmm. What happens when they decide, you know what? I don't like the way GMX is going. I'm actually going to move to this other project that's doing something completely different or something that's the same, right? And mm-hmm. then things become unsustainable. That's my other concern. What what becomes unsustainable though, I guess? The ability for GLP to hedge, the amount of total uh, open interest that's essentially allowed on the platform. Oh, I don't know. Because that stuff is dynamically adjusted based on... Um, based on the size of GLP. I, I, I don't think that's as much of a concern personally i but i i understand what you're talking about but what what was the first thing that you said i had something to say to that as well in terms of like interest rates yeah the interest rate thing um that's interesting i think the counter to that is that like i said gmx you don't you don't have any slippage so like these big whales 
are a little bit more, they can breathe a little easier entering and exiting these big positions on GMX because there's no slippage as opposed to FTX or, um, or a, another centralized exchange, which does have slippage. So that's, I guess, a benefit uh, of the no slippage model um, that could counteract the interest rate being higher than, than on, uh, on uh, FTX or Binance or other exchanges. Um, anyway, the, but regardless, like, I think you and I could both agree, like, what's happening on GMX is like fascinating. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, like I can't even overemphasize like how interesting it is to me um, that that's, that that protocol is actually working and growing in the middle of a bear market. And it's spitting out like um, over a million dollars a day in yield. Um, So I don't know, something like that with Cosmos is something that I'm interested in, but I don't want to give you guys the impression that I'm like fully not interested in working in building DeFi. Uh, it's not the, that's not the case. Like I, I have an interest in NFTs, um, definitely, but I'm also interested in DeFi. I'm just kind of like trying to absorb everything right now, honestly. Like I'm spending all my time researching and trying to think about what makes sense to build. Um, just I mean, build a pseudo swap. <laughs> no, pseudo swap on Cosmos doesn't make sense to build right now, just candidly, because. There is no volume for NFTs on Cosmos, and like I could build that, we could build that, but um, there, if there's if there's not like a strong economic reason to to do that, then that's a poor use of time and resources. So, um, yeah. My honest opinion is, you just kind of need to essentially build a full Binance on on a chain, and that's the only way you can survive <laughs> a bear market. Right. Like you're going to start with one product and then slowly just widen your product line It's very hard for teams to do. But that's the only way you can do it, because Mm -hmm. like you look at Terra, your one area fails and like dozens of teams just like dissipated almost. Um, And if they were able to be multi-chain or, you know, spread out or hit more product lines, that's the only way they're going to be viable. In I mean, opinion. I mean, Grover and Ryan, like you guys might be a little clo- closer. I haven't tapped around for on in terms of capital availability right now, but what is the sentiment from like VCs trying to invest in DeFi, especially on, on Cosmos? Is there still capital even for, for stuff like that? Or like, what's the capital situation like um, for building things on, on Cosmos? It's part of why like there's so much, um, it's kind of part of why there's so much um, <clears throat> sort of active growth of like Adam's coin price. It's like there's quite a lot of money moving in in terms of flow. It's not just retail or some bullshit because like most retail doesn't have no fucking clue what Adam actually is. So like it's interesting that like, yeah, a lot of the the tech nerd crowd is really kind of paying attention to uh, like Zaki and, you know, um, and uh, Ethan and all these people that are really kind of coming up with really, really cool shit. So. I don't know. It's, uh, um, it, I think, uh, as far as like where you're going to build next, uh, like where would I choose? I don't know. I think right now the most obvious thing, like Nahler said, was if you have a, a project that you think is interesting enough, like the most obvious thing is to create an app chain. And uh, it's going to be a lot cheaper to do that when um, it's going to be actually relatively easy to do that once interchain security comes out by January or so. So there's, I don't know how many projects are out there probably getting ready for that particular event. 
so that they can kind of roll out a, a specific chain for whatever the hell they're doing. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot happening uh, in the background to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, there's still plenty of money, still plenty of money. The valuations aren't uh, like, like on Terra, things are kind of blown up a little bit, um, which, which was kind of ex- to be expected, I guess, because of the insane traction um, that Terra was getting. But there's definitely still opportunities, and not least Lunkdao, I believe, will be starting their own VC. Um, but the main subject uh, of the conversation from here on, I've been told, informed, um, we're going to discuss if it's possible for a Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT holder to make a woman squirt. Um, now, the jury's out, and there's not actually any evidence that they can. Uh, I don't think anyone here has any anecdotal evidence even that that's possible. Wait, unless- wait hang on, hang on. Grover, um, I can neither confirm nor deny uh, those allegations, but um, I do have a friend over, and so I have to run. Uh, we're going to um, go to the gym here in like 20 minutes. But uh, really quick, like... Can I just get a quick pulse? You know what? Actually, guys, I think we've had enough productive conversation for today. I've been online since like 7.30. So um, thank you for having a serious conversation with me. And I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, hopefully I didn't hijack your your call too much. I think we only spent uh, maybe like, we'll spend some time making fun of Tundra after he leaves, right? That's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ryan will be back up here in like five seconds after you're gone. He'd be like, talking shit about you and i don't know what right yeah so anyway <laughs> have fun at the gym Tundra. <laughs> yeah yeah cool um yeah thanks guys grip the bars grip the bar as hard as you can for us i just had an oh, idea I, I just had an idea um well somebody else gave me an idea and i modified it a bit so the idea is a lunk dow talent contest and we run it on twitter spaces so maybe me and Sefi and maybe Addy, Grover, and somebody else can be, maybe Katie or someone can be the judges. And then the idea is that people come up one by one and maybe they have, uh, let's say like an allotted two minutes of time in which they can show their talent or they can do an impression or like voice acting or something or singing, whatever they like, they have two minutes. And then um, after the two minutes is up, we like pause for for 10 seconds and write down our scores on a few different criteria like, how much it made us laugh, how beautiful it was, whatever. We'll come up with a little like rating chart. And then um, at the end of the space... Wait, wait, Bruce, can I be Britney Spears? Sefi, I'm trying to explain something. Inappropriate. Yeah, that was very rude, Sefi. Don't, don't talk to my father like that. And also, you're a judge. Yeah, you're Britney ju- Spears was a judge. Yeah, but you're the judge of the contest. So you're not going to be involved because there's bias there. Um, but yeah, people could come up one by one. Maybe we do like 30 people, the first 30 who appear or whatever. And then at the end, we have some kind of prize, um, maybe some lunk or something. And, and I think it could be quite fun. It's like a fun little hour. I think this is a fantastic idea, Bruce, and I absolutely encourage it. I, uh, I won't be participating in the contest, but I will be watching. Uh, Jibber, you, you, uh, you can find like lyrics to various songs online. You can study them and you can perhaps sing in the shower today or whatever the fuck you do. And then you can come back, right? And entertain us properly. That like, you know, because, that, I, because I didn't entertain you with my twin. Is, is that why you're saying that? Yeah. Well, we didn't hear any interesting twin stories yet. So we thought we'd, you know, maybe understand a little bit of human psychology or sociology or some shit, but like you didn't provide any real 
substantive, uh, maybe, uh, like, for example, we, we hear that twins, for example, can, you know, they, they know telepathy, right? Like they can communicate with each other with their minds. Uh, and you didn't like help us reveal whether that's true or not with your, with your twin. I don't really have much Fortnite. of You know, I actually like watching Tfue play Fortnite just because he's a fucking goat. I'm a <laughs> Fortnite yeah. streamer. I'm really big on the Fortnite streaming scene. I do not believe you for one second, Zara. No, I've got a really popular Twitch channel. I just try and keep uh, Twitter and Twitch separate, to be honest, because like, I don't want to mix work and play, you know what I mean? Zara, what's your Twitch channel? Is this work or play? Uh, depends. Depends on the day, depends on the alt, depends on the vibe. Yeah, lately it seems like a little bit more work, Zara. Yeah, I've been working a lot um, when I've been on these spaces. Been like, because you know how they have those like chess bots that, like, you know, you play against a, a robot? There's, there has to be someone on the other end because it's not actually real. So basically, they hire me to do it because I've just got like, you know, really fast thinking, fast way of doing things. Have any of you ever been approached? It's good news is GMX was discussed by Tundra, right? I was able to take a shower in that time frame. So I I am now clean, which is good news. So if there's any doubts about whether I bathe or shower, right? Like now I've like revealed that I actually do. We didn't hear it a lot. Add that that to Addy's Excel spreadsheet. Hey, should I uh, participate in the talent contest and maybe do like a a duet with my twin brother? Yeah, that that sounds perfect. Yeah, it sounds perfect. Hmm. I don't know They're... if you'd want to come on the Twitter spaces, though. I, I tell them that you guys are, like, degenerates. <laughs> Why would you, like, say things, like, so disturbing to him and then expect him to show up here and, like, participate in some sort of, like, talent competition of retards? I don't know. I mean, like, he's my brother. Like, if I ask him nice enough and, like, bother him enough times, he normally, like, I can convince him to do it. Let me ask you this. Did your parents drop your brother when he was a baby? Like, from, like, maybe a shopping cart in the... in or something like that? No, no, they did not, Safi. Okay, so his telepathy is intact then. Um, hey, uh, Xerox Hero 666 what's up? Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a five-part, probably, Cephi Space Friday in the Cosmos. Ask Addy strange questions. Recorded on Friday, September 16th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pain. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. Can't even say they're making pennies, pennies per play until they can figure out.
out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, pennies, pennies, pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Spaces.